Hey, how's it going? What's up, man? Good. I mean, I, yeah, I'm good. I should probably use my like main camera, shouldn't like this thing here, as you can see. Oh yeah, yeah. Hop on, hop yeah. on on, on that, and I'll, I'll let you back in. No, no, no. Take us on like an MTV Cribs. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Give us a tour. Give us a tour of your place. Let's see the beanie collection. <laughs> so, this is my, my office. Right? This is my office. Right? Nice. Very cool. And walking through the So, very office. little time spent in there. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I spent most of the time here. This is my kitchen. You know, it's, uh, like, here's my, uh, what, what do you call it? Like, cast iron. Yeah. That's nice for self defense. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> it's perfect for self defense. Walking around my house. Um, here's the, the, the den, the living room here, you know, my big TV, Ooh, nice. uh, chair I like to sit on, you know, I'm going to go upstairs, <laughs> why not? Yep. Love it, man. Looks sweet. You just got the house like within the last year, right? Yeah. This year, this year. Yeah. Like a few Congratulations. Months yeah. Thank you. I got way too many hats, which I never use. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you wear a hat. Actually, that's not yeah. true. I used to wear them like every day. Yeah, I don't anymore. But here's my bedroom. Nice. Epic. I like yeah. the I like the ceiling a I lot. Up. Yeah, I know. I know. It's pretty pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> oh yeah. Like and and the, the bathroom is like hidden behind here, you know. It's Ooh, like, like a secret. Nice. Secret. Yeah. <laughs> so if you have if you have a girl over or something, she's like, "Can I use your bathroom?" You're like, "If you can find it." Here's <laughs> <laughs> a bathroom. Obviously. Ian, this I like awesome. the, this is... I, I like the black and white theme. You got the black ceilings and doors and the and the walls. It matches the shirt and the hair right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 It's a whole thing. It's a whole look. So did it you is. change your personal style to match the house, or did you change the house to match your personal style? I had my house uh, custom designed by interior decorators uh, based on my uh, mood board I had prepared. What's a mood board? Uh, it's like when you make like, I don't know, like, you know, Pinterest, right? Not, is it Pinterest? Yeah, Pinterest, yeah. When you just get like a whole bunch of pictures and then you set up like a page there, that's like a mood board. So, you know, it's got your aesthetic there. Oh, it's, it's a bunch of examples. That's yeah, a bunch of examples. So, you know, I, I looked through a bunch of different sites, you know, like uh, interior decorating sites and so on uh, to get that proper look. Yeah. So, oh, you know, that would be like an amazing troll if if we found like a, an interior design company that worked primarily with celebrities and we oh, yeah. hacked into their systems and changed all the mood boards that they had on file for clients. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I feel like you must have taken photos from like a, an evil, a, a villain's evil lair stuck in the side of a mountain in Norway. Is that about right? <laughs> it's, it's definitely a Nordic look, right? It's a kind of like a dark Nordic uh, design. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the villain's place in uh, Watchmen. I forget his name. Watch I love Watchmen. Oh, yeah. That's a beautiful place. Yeah. I love that. It's totally it's nice. It's a mood board. Yeah. I'm just figuring out my camera here so I can, you know, position it for myself. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. So how do, um, first of all, Ian, uh, the yep. other guy that I have on this call is my close family friend, Andrew, whom I know <laughs> personally, and he's been on before. Hey. I just wanted you guys to meet each other. He's, um, uh, I wanted him to join us um, 
uh, for a couple of reasons, just because he's one of my favorite critical thinkers to just bounce ideas off of, and it's always fun to talk to him. And um, uh, also because he's a big fan of Battlestar good. Galactica, so I'm just yeah, totally right. exploiting my relationship with I'm just, I'm just your fanboy right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please let me on. <laughs> Um, but he's been on the podcast a couple of times. Um, we had him on with a couple of libertarians last last time, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, how'd that go? I mean, they're libertarians. It was, it was good. You know, I, I love talking to libertarians, but you know, I don't I don't go that far. Uh, <laughs> what about you? What are your thoughts on libertarians, Ian? Libertarian? I'm not one. That's that. Those are my thoughts. I mean, people like to say, "Oh, Ian, don't you believe in, in X, Y, Z?" Which is like, you know, like some whatever libertarians believe. I'm like, I'm not a libertarian. I'm not a fucking libertarian. That's 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 my views on libertarians. <laughs> I think they are straddling the fence, and they don't seem to understand that, you know, like this uh, this culture war is not just you know some some simple internet spat, right? It, it's it's like a it's an existential thing. I mean, right now you see libertarians defending critical race theory. Not because they support critical race theory, but because they think that, you know, trying to stop it from being taught in uh, educational, um, you know, in, in, in academia and in schools is, uh, is somehow infringing upon the, uh, what, the First Amendment rights of, yeah. of the critical race theorists. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? It's, it's publicly funded. Like, they can decide what the curriculum is. The government decides it because the government is dictated by the people, right? It's the will of the people. It, it's definitely that they are so ideologically pure. It's, it's actually a very internally consistent uh, yeah. ideology, but that leaves very r- little room for pragmatism. Exactly right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's, it, it, I feel like they do more damage to their conservative movement, I mean, capital L libertarians, you know, not like people who are just like regularly libertarian. They do more damage to the conservative movement than even liberals because they are constantly in the center, constantly making excuses for the far left. And I'm not even talking about, you know, like, like regular liberals, which, you know, I have no problem with, really. I mean, if anything, conservatives have become very liberal over the past uh, 10, 20 years, you know, compared to like the 90s or something. But, you know, libertarians have, you know, every step of the way kind of allowed uh, the far left to, to make a lot of progress just by making these arguments that, oh, resisting them is somehow illiberal in some way. You know, and it's, it's not illiberal to stop a person from, you know, or stop a, a group of an ideology from gaining ground. I mean, especially when that ideology threatens to destroy you. Yeah. One of the things that I thought was really funny about the uh, libertarian movement this last cycle was, um, and I like the libertarians, so I, and sometimes they kind of take it personal when you criticize libertarianism. but i like libertarians a lot they're really fun to hang out with even though i'm not one but they basically when they ran joe jorgensen if if all the votes for her would have gone for trump then biden would not have gotten elected so nobody talks about that but it's like they basically it's like here you go here you go joe that's exactly right i mean these are people who you know they're always talking about voting for the third party and how they don't want to you know vote for the two-party system but that doesn't work. I mean, the two-party system's here to stay. There's just not enough of them. There's just enough of them to damage the uh, one side or the other, right? Which, you know, obviously they're damaging conservatism because most of them are conservatives to a sense. And so it feels Certainly like... fiscally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they agree on, on that subject, right, on taxation. So I'm thinking, you know, if you guys were really smart, you'd be more like Rand Paul, where you wouldn't run a separate candidate or a separate party. What you would do is you would run as Republicans, right, and take it over from within. I mean, not necessarily take it over. I'm not saying they should do that, but 
run as Republicans and, you know, reflect the Republican values as much as libertarian values. And I think that would work. I mean, look at what the DSA did, right? The DSA has run several major candidates, uh, you know, AOC being one of them, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Talib. All these uh, people work for the, uh, not work for, but they are represented by the uh, Democratic Socialists of America. And now they're Democrats, but they're still the same, you know, they're still part of the DSA, right? And the DSA has successfully run a number of, uh, you know, DA candidates to, you know, take positions of power in, in the prosecutor's office, like uh, Chisa Budin or, or the new guy that they have down in, uh, in, in Austin, Texas, right? Uh, the activist uh, DA. So why can't libertarians do the same thing? I mean, why not run as a Republican candidate and not damage, you know, the standing of the Republican Party? Because a lot of people simply vote along party be, lines. Because they're principled. I mean, that like it's the same point I was making before. They're just ridiculously principled. It's not a bad, it's not a knock, but that's just the bottom line. They're very, very principled. And, you know, they're not going to vote for somebody just, just because, you know, it's the two-party system. They go, no, I'm not going to vote against my conscience. It's and very unrealistic. Yeah, it's extremely true. unrealistic. And I think that's probably my main problem with it in Chase's. Um, I don't want to speak Oh, yeah. I mean, look at, look at the what, New Hampshire libertarians, right? I mean, they've been making, I wouldn't say making waves, really. I mean, making waves on Twitter is not the same as making waves politically. They're always going on about how, oh, we, we're winning now. People are agreeing with us because we're fighting CRT in, in, in colleges with uh, what Dr. Karlin Boroshenko or whatever, right? And she's always going on about how the libertarians are winning. I'm like, what have you guys won? You've lost everything for the past many years. You know, you've never won a single race in your life. I mean, just because you're getting a bunch of retweets like, oh, you got 200 retweets on Twitter. Good job. You know, I'm going to clap my hand here, which, you know, I would if I had two hands right now. But uh, that's what they do. Right. They're always Wait. going on about how they're winning. It's like, yeah, you know, OK, you're winning. Wow. Like, have I you think actually... it's even more poetic that you clap one hand. Exactly. Yeah. It's 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 silent, you know? Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. So are you going to join with your real computer or not, Ian? I can't. Like, it, 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 for some reason, it's not detecting my my thing. So I'm going to keep trying. You know, it's uh, I'm, <laughs> while I'm talking to you guys, I'm actually fiddling around with the with the uh, the capture card here for some reason it's it's not going through it's it's actually kind of annoying yeah yeah i understand you know buy a brand new house and can't even get the camera to work <laughs> <laughs> it, it works sometimes it works sometimes you know it's just, it's just yeah so how do you how do you and nikki know each other because i got the sense when uh i first started interacting with nikki that you guys had previously communicated oh we talk a lot we're like good friends oh cool since when? You know, way back. I don't know how many lives ago it was exactly, but uh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're gonna figure it out. Reincarnation is real. Yeah. <laughs> no, Just as I think it was all the other explanations. <laughs> you saw my uh, Scott Adams interview, right? Ian? I did. I did. Yeah, I did see a Scott Adams interview, and then I reached out. I think I reached out. Was it you who reached out? I forget. I think I reached out. Actually, Speak. I don't know. One of us reached out. Yeah. No, what what happened was, well, I think you just mentioned that you were what you were in the middle of watching it and thought it was interesting, and so we followed each other. But then yeah. when we finally talked, it was because I I commented on a tweet of yours, like this mm -hmm. really kind of um, what I thought was a benign comment that I wrote, just kind of it, not thinking about how it would be understood. It was something about like how tax dollars were being used, and um, yeah. I got so attacked. Because, like, <laughs> yeah, you were like, you know, you were like you know, by your followers, like, like yeah, I've never assumed. Not 
you know, of all the things that I've been attacked for, um, and this I got the most attacked. And so I found it funny and interesting. And I was like, and so I think I messaged you like, what is happening? I know, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what uh... what nest have I just gotten myself into? And uh, it was cool because we ended up talking, but also in that tweet thread, I ended up apologizing, like not, not apologizing, but acknowledging that what I said was kind of dumb and off point. Yeah. And people, mm -hmm. I got a ton of followers from that. You did, I got yeah, a ton like, of followers who were like mad respect for like acknowledging that. I might have to steal this. I don't yeah. want to insult, what did you tweet? I'll do it. I need some followers. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I forget, you tweeted something about how tax dollars were being, being used. Um, I forget what for. And I said, you know, because I'm all caught up in in prisons and 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 how much money we use to lock people in cages. And I wrote, it's better than spending tax dollars on torturing people in cages. But right. like, yeah. total non sequitur from what Ian's original tweet was saying. Yep. Even though it might be true on its own, and and people just like launched on me. Um, but it yeah, it ended up kind of working out and. Uh, mm -hmm. We, we well. All right, yeah. Ian, yeah. the next snarky tweet you get from me in your replies, it's, 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 it's friendly. I'm just, I'm just grifting. I know. <laughs> who who the hell is this guy again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I know. I know him. <laughs> totally. That's awesome. I get yeah, so many I, snarky tweets. Like, my God, you know, people that make it like a, like a sport to, to be snarky with me. It's like, don't even try. Yeah. <laughs> I know Michael Malice oh, look, is the I, champion I got of it. it. Working. I got I got my camera working, so I'm gonna pop in very shortly. Okay, this is exciting. Open. I'm yeah. also working on it on a tech. They should give you a job at SpaceX. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got a tech issue over there, Nikki? Uh, so yeah, there, there's just one small thing that I um haven't fixed I, I figured i had to get like an adapter for my camera so it didn't die um and i did i did do that but my computer is gonna die so i need to switch um switch it up okay i'm you just the battery's gonna die yeah yeah but because right now you're on um macbook air and there's only two inputs or i'm yeah it's always something Okay, I'm gonna pop you would, in. You would have a MacBook Air. Well, <laughs> but at least it's not like it's not rose gold or anything like that. Don't don't get the wrong idea. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I... my old phone was rose gold because I had like no, you know, I had no options. You know, they were like, "Oh, we're all out of these models," so I'm like, "Fine, just get the rose gold." You yeah, know, I got the red anyway. phone too. I got from 13, and I just got like my first iPhone. I had that before. Yeah, I used to have the uh, the uh, the red the red phone. Like I don't know, 12 years ago maybe. Yeah, I love it because you can always find it. YouTube album yeah. on it or something. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah right. oh yeah, yeah. YouTube. Yeah, God, that that, that, that fucking thing. Jesus, it's like why? So was, why are they even bothering? They're Apple. They don't need to pay Bono to make music for them, you know. Right. Yeah. So I was just looking at like a Billboard Top 100 or or most successful artists of all time because I was playing this game trying to name who I thought would be on the list, and YouTube was way higher than I thought should have been on that list. I don't know how mm -hmm. you guys feel, and no offense if you don't like them that much, but they're pretty mediocre compared to all the kinds of talent, like Michael Jackson. 
they're yeah. greatest hit band. You gotta buy the you buy the greatest hits record of you two, and okay. then forget about it. Where I'm going with this is, I think that that was inflated by that stupid Apple deal. I think I don't think they were going to be on that list. Oh, if yeah. oh, yeah. if, yeah, if literally sure. every iPod and and uh, iPhone in the world didn't have it pre-installed, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, remember how awesome do, right? those iPod commercials yeah. though? This with the silhouettes and like the you could the yeah, they were cool. You two songs, thousand <laughs> songs like, in your pocket, a thousand songs in your pocket. I think yeah. that silhouette was Nikki, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Wasn't that you, Nikki, in those uh, Apple commercials with the silhouette and the iPod? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm uh, not an NDA for that. Uh... <laughs> you should just start claiming that, so the real actress gets really pissed off. <laughs> it was me. <laughs> I was the silhouette. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you whoever did that got bank from, you know, mm-hmm. residual. I don't know. Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. If they had a good, you know, agent, otherwise it's right. like, oh, it's a one-time thing. We're paying you a thousand dollars, you know, fresh out of college, whatever. That yes. would be unfortunate. Yeah. Well, I could say I had a friend in college that was working on some of those Apple ads and he was not making good money. So mm. oh, was really? he a contractor or did he work really for Apple? No contractor. Doing doing all those billboards around LA, um, and getting mm-hmm. the like organizing, getting the models in for the shoots, and then putting the billboards up. Yeah, um, yeah. And I heard that they were making a lot of money. I shouldn't speak more about that because I'm pretty ignorant. I don't really know. Maybe, maybe <laughs> well, you're from you're money. from Orange County, so like 150 thousand dollars is like broke ass. It's like nothing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you, need, you need at least like a quarter million to just yeah. to you know break even, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, that wasn't good enough for me. It's insane. I had to get the hell out of there. Did you live in Orange too. County for a while, Ian? No, 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 no. I just, I just know a lot of people from there. Yeah. Did you uh, study in the United States? Because your English is like perfecto. It's perfect because I, I'm perfect. You know that's why. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> we were talking you should... about language before you joined. I bet you yeah. have some interesting thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What other languages do, uh... do you speak? What other languages yeah. do I speak? Uh, I, well, I speak a tiny bit of Malay. I know a little bit of Mandarin, but English is my primary language. Yeah, I'm not good should... at speaking other languages. I sound really bad. I have you know you know how like you ever watch like a Japanese uh, movie or like an anime and they have like some white character and he's you know he's like he's made to be an American, right? But he's speaking Japanese and American accent. That's how I sound when I speak different yeah. languages. I, I have that that twang, you know, and it's just if, if people people locally, you know, like if, if people try to hear me speaking some different language, they'll be like, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm yeah. from here. What are you talking about? And they're like, no, you're not. You have like this American thing going on. I'm like, uh. <laughs> Ian, I know what you need to do, man. You need to do a fake um, like testimonial video for Rosetta Stone and see if you can mm-hmm. get them to retweet it. <laughs> like, i did not speak a word of english yeah. now i can say paleontologist yeah. 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 maybe that's how we learned it but... <laughs> so how did you learn it were you in an international school growing up no, no. They, they teach it locally i mean but yeah. my you know i would say my whole family speaks english pretty well uh although i'm probably the only one who sounds like this you know this is something yeah. i I, I developed on my own, yeah. yeah. And you can you can probably probably thank TV and having like you know friends on the internet, yeah. Yeah, I grew up on the internet. Yeah, I'm, if anything, I'm like a child of the internet, right? It's I'm one of those those cases where you know I, I didn't like people in real life so much, not because I'm like antisocial. I'm clearly not antisocial. I just think other people kind of suck, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the definition of antisocial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome. So. What's next, guys? 
How are we saving the world? I got this. I put, I'm putting together a team. Yeah, I've noticed. <laughs> Is it called the Avengers? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Which one yeah. would you be? Uh, Iron Man, probably. Yeah. Makes sense. That was fast. Wow. Yeah. No, it's because of that snark. You know, I just relate to that. The first Iron Man, though, like, he, he kind of sucks in the later Iron Mans. I mean, well, it doesn't really suck. I mean, he's still playing himself. But the first Iron Man is still the best because he actually kills people. You know, like the Taliban just blows him up. Yeah. 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 No qualms yeah, about it. Well, and I'm the superhero movies. And pop back in. Okay. okay. And the superhero movies. Um, the reason I like the first ones most of the time is because I really enjoy when the, seeing the superhero discover their powers. Right, like mm-hmm. even the even the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie, the first one is my favorite of the, all yeah. the Spider-Man movies ever made, uh, because it's just cool seeing him wake up the next morning after he gets bit by the spider, and all of a sudden, you know, he can he can stand up to the bully. Like I just love that kind of rags to riches, you know, story. That's the orange story is always the most compelling part. It kind of it, it has to go downhill after there because having superpowers is so logically inconsistent that like every plotline they try and do thereafter is sort of like, well, why can't why can't Harry Potter just cast a spell and make everyone nice? I don't get it. Yeah. I don't, right? right? Like, how is there still... Yeah, having like, too, too many superpowers makes it difficult yeah. to tell a story. I mean, that's why mm-hmm. Superman stories are probably the hardest to tell, right? You have to, to give yeah. him some sort of weird weakness like kryptonite or you have to make it, you know, it, it becomes like convoluted, like, you know, Batman versus Superman, that movie, uh, Zack Snyder movie. It's like, why yeah. doesn't Superman just save both people at once? I mean, he's faster than speed of light, right? Yeah, do absolutely. That. Yeah. Yeah. That's why the origin stories are fun. They're still fallible for the first half of it, and everyone loves yeah. the origin story. Yeah, it's also why Batman works compared to other superhero movies or stories because he's basically just a person, right? You, yeah, you can't like. I mean, if you if you write him properly and you do it in the constraints of the universe, so you know he he won't be able to invent a machine that cures cancer, right? Even yeah. though he's Batman. But if you know if you if you give him uh, in in some stories they give him too many powers so he becomes like the guy who can invent everything and that just becomes stupid. It's like why doesn't he invent a machine that's you know ends crime, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you know quite a lot about this stuff? Are you a big uh, uh, superhero movies fan? No, or? I hate superhero movies. I, I, oh. The reason I watch them is because I want to get irritated. I just annoy myself watching them. I'm like, why is this so dumb? Why doesn't seems, he do that? Why doesn't he like this? Ian, you're you're the that you're the person that I know who knows the most about things they hate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's about right. I mean, Ian, when's Nikki's birthday? That's true. Huh? Being on IMDb, no one has any excuse to miss your birthday. It's not like, yeah. it's not like my friends. There's no way to find out. I don't put it anywhere, but the whole world must know yours if they want to. No excuses. You can, go to, you can go to whitepages.com and get anyone's birthday in the United States. I do it all the time. Oh, you're admitting to Not doxing. Not wow. at all. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is Chase Geyser and why did he send me a birthday card? <laughs> why is it, it Why is it made with crayon? You know, I actually... Facebook ruined birthdays. Like, they made it so that you never have to remember, but now, I don't know about you, I never use Facebook, so... Yeah. I yeah. like two years ago, I forgot my mom, my mom's birthday. Cause I think I just like kind of like with phone numbers, you don't have to remember them anymore. Cause they're, they were just there, but then I stopped using Facebook and didn't get notifications. So. Mm-mm. Oops. Yeah. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> I hate Facebook. I, and I loved it. I loved Facebook so much 10 years ago. It was awesome. 2011, 2012. And they just, syst- they systematically made every wrong decision at every pivotal step. And now the mm-hmm. whole platform sucks. 
It does suck. What does what suck. happened? Like I I just I know I don't like it. I don't I haven't really sat sat down to think about why. Like what Did you used to like it? I used to use it. Um I mean, I guess so I I went like dark for a few years on on social media altogether, but when why? I came back so but when i came back I, yeah i started using twitter and then uh later a little bit instagram which i don't really i'm not a huge fan of either it was so it was more just like in, intuitive that i you know i took to twitter so that's why i i don't know but i just know that i don't like facebook it's a bad place okay let's get yeah. specifics here what, what what do you not like about it chase well, um, I can kind of tell you with some reason why I, I think Facebook has gone downhill. And part of the reason I know about this is just because I'm in advertising. It's, it's what I do for a living. And when Facebook went public, they um, basically drastically reduced the organic reach of all posts from pages and, and uh, uh, business pages, uh, any public page that you like, not profiles, but pages, so that if you want to reach your audience, you have to boost your content. And... Mm -hmm. Nobody really did that because everybody's on a budget and it was fun because it was free. And mm -hmm. um, as a result, uh, the algorithms really took over in terms of showing you um, content in your newsfeed, whereas before it was based on what you actually followed. Yeah. And it yeah. switched right. and they figured out they figured out that like, you know, police brutality and politics got a high click through rate. And the algorithm, I think the machine learning just sort of started churning out very politically provocative content. And now, whenever you I think they walk, did that on purpose. On, yeah. That was an yeah. experiment. Yeah, Dr. yeah. Mark but they let it. They let go too far. Did you did. Yeah. It. yeah. And then everybody was just full of hate. They were hating their neighbors. Like I hate yeah. conservatives or I hate Democrats. And it's just they, you know. And that's why he scaled it back. I mean, he was like, okay, that's not working. And then he had like a Zen moment. Remember that when he went for like mm -hmm. some yoga thing, you know? And he was like, Mark? okay, yeah, this is like, oh. yeah, it's like this is yeah. super bad. We can't be doing this. You know, it's actually you know, making the world a worst place and, and, and we don't want to do this. And then he put out like a, this huge statement. I think it was like in a new year or something. Right. Remember that? Yeah. 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 It's like, a, yeah, nothing uh, changed. Changing, no, nothing really changed. Yeah. I mean, well, he wanted the, it to the, change, but the thing know. that's crazy too, is like the thing that is so menacing about Facebook to me is that it makes you hate people that you used to love because you know, everybody <laughs> on Facebook. So like, like yeah. I have like, like I have like in, like, for example, my favorite English teacher in junior high. I loved that guy. And I still love mm -hmm. the guy. So if he's listening, Jesus Christ, don't take this the wrong way. But every time I see him post about politics, which is every time he posts, it makes me like him less. And this guy was an outstanding teacher. He taught me how to read some of the most influential books. We had great, like, he you know, called on people and he was great at responding to their thoughts and ideas. I mean, he was sort of like a Dead Poets Society type teacher. But, yeah. like, imagine if Robin Williams in that movie was, like, you know, uh, a little bit of a Marxist. So then, like, when all the kids went back to the rooms and logged on to Facebook, you know, they saw him posting all this, like, bullshit, you know? It, it would just totally kill your buzz, you know, with the guy. And that's kind of what I think is menacing about Facebook is that, you know, people that you otherwise love or would like to be around you know you the pol their politics can suddenly get in the way it's like politics coming up at a dinner t dinner table mm -hmm. or or personal things coming up that aren't necessarily uh within the context of your relationship with someone right like it you mm -hmm. know people post so many different types of things and you might just I don't know. Like I used to meet people and they'd be like, are you on Facebook? Like that was a, instead of asking for a number, mm -hmm. like that was something yeah. that you did. But 
I send you a friend request. What's that? Hey, girl. Send hey, girl. Send you a friend yeah, request. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So funny. I, I like that movie, The Social Network, though. I really enjoyed it. I don't know how accurate it was, but um, I thought it was inspiring. You know, the sort of like start with nothing, even though starting with nothing means being a student at Harvard in that movie and yeah. building right. something yeah. amazing and, yeah. you know, kind of bootstrapping it. It was sort of like a beautiful mind, you know, with the chalk on the window thing. I just liked that whole idea of it. And then it just totally went to shit. I think yeah. it's I mean, part Aaron of it was Corkin is pretty badass in terms of uh, storytelling. I, I, I kind of have a, an ethical problem though, with making movies like that about real life without the people being involved. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if there's a movie that just came out about Ross Ulbricht and um, I, I'm not, I don't plan on watching it, but again, like, if the person that it's about isn't involved, like I remember watching the social network and thinking that actor was Mark Zuckerberg. Like not, no. I knew he wasn't, but like yeah. viscerally in my feeling about mm-hmm. Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg, I'd see that actor and like it, it's fiction, but we're, you know, we're flawed perceptual per- perception, meaning making machines. And so I think it's, it's not, the most responsible thing. Um, it's like Queen, right? They made that Queen movie right. and it was completely, oh. you know, unsanctioned. Was that he couldn't yeah. even get his music, right? The, was it, the uh, which, uh, we're talking uh, about the Bohemian? Freddie Mercury one. The Freddie Bohemian Mercury Rhapsody. one, yeah. yeah. The Freddie Mercury yeah. one. And and the trailer was just garbage because they couldn't use his music. And the whole thing was just like some droning ambient, you know, classical ish music playing over the whole thing was just garbage complete but, shit but just for the trailer they couldn't, i mean they couldn't they get the music for the trailer but they got it for the movie the whole freaking movie um yeah but but was the rest wow. of the movie particularly factually inaccurate the, it was yeah. the timeline was off it was it was off yeah it was completely off a lot of the fans were actually pointing it out and and documentarians people who you know yeah. studied his life they were like oh no this is completely wrong this never happened this is fiction right. this is made yeah. up this is you know completely but, sensationalized and so it just wasn't good. I mean, who is this movie for? Because, you know, I mean, you, you take Freddie Mercury. He's someone that everybody likes, right, or loves even. And you make a terrible movie that puts him in a bad light. It's like, who is this for? You know, I mean, the right. fans are not going to watch it. The fans don't want to watch it. The, the family hates it. It's like you're not – like, obviously, no one's going to support it. People who watched it pirated it. They didn't want to watch it. Hmm. So it didn't I liked it, but I didn't know enough about him to be critical of the inaccuracies. I just thought it was a fun movie. I was, yeah, I mean, it's I was decent, a good time. Right? It's entertaining, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't Mickey, feel like yeah. I could get over the teeth. That was yeah. really distracting. To, just yeah. in the that guy could eat an apple through a picket fence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pickles right out of the jar. Yeah, Mickey, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I agree with you about you know it's it's okay to do a, a dramatization. Obviously, you want to make stories compelling. Like the the American Sniper one. I'm assuming that was they they really checked with that guy and they got it pretty did it. close. The family and they did the it guy justice, was dead. Right and all that yeah. stuff. Oh, okay, well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. But they check with the family. Um, check with yeah. the family. Check you don't screw that one up. Uh, but at a certain point, like, if, you have, if the people are living Chris and you don't consult with them at all, I think we, we kind of have to assume some of the intention is propagandistic. You're yeah. trying to you're exactly. trying to rewrite a narrative, right? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. The, the Megyn Kelly one, I haven't seen it yet, but she kind of railed on it. Like this was just not my sentiment at oh, all. Bombshell. 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 Yeah. yeah it. it looks like garbage. I mean, it looks like oh, hot garbage. It just right. you know uses these women and what they experience with their you know. Uh, what they told and then sensationalize it makes it this drama about Fox News. I mean, this is clearly an anti-Fox News thing. It's not even necessarily about yeah. the yeah. guy who ran at Roger Ailes, right? It, it's it's more about, well, let's attack the network, you know? And, but, and she was kind of upset about, she, Megyn Kelly's kind of a hearty girl woman. Yeah. 
she's a hardy woman and, and, and not, doesn't easily get upset. Yeah, not trying to violent. downplay anything that happened to her, but her, she, from what I understand, she just kind of shrugged it off or at least, you know, got over it, but they depicted mm-hmm. it as being this like traumatic thing. Again, I haven't seen the movie, yeah. but her, her quibble with, with it was like, what was the point of that? Who, who did that help? All you did was set an example for people that I need to be traumatized or that, you know, that's, that's what always happens. Right. Versus it could have been a very positive message, which is she's tough as nails and didn't yeah. let it get her down and went on to be kind of a badass, right? So, yeah, she's tough as nails, yeah, right? No. And, and the, the caster is a victim. The caster is a victim yeah, exactly. and to hide it. And it's like, they're, they're basically, Hollywood is, you know, creating this narrative that women are only victims. Even the strong yeah. women can only ever be victims. I mean, they did the same thing with Ann Coulter when they were making that Law & Order episode, that SVU episode where they cast her as like a rape victim. You know, she's speaking at some conference and then some proud boy rapes her. It's like, obviously- There was a proud boy? There's a proud boy, yeah. It's a proud boy. Ah, proud how is that not propaganda? <laughs> it's so propagandistic, right? By the way, Kyle's like, a Republican. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's pretending to be Antifa. It's like, you know, this is it, it, typical Hollywood shit, right? It's, it's like, this never happens no. in, in real life. I mean, you look at Antifa, it's like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a whole pack of degenerates. I mean, there's nothing redeemable about them, but somehow you're going to go after like the proud boy because, you know, the media calls them racist or you know, I or just, something. I just met Half a of them of black boys. wives, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I, just what? Racist. I just met my first group of proud boys. The other, I was at a, a political event uh, in South Florida and we were walking out and all these guys had these pseudo biker vest things on and they had patches on the back and it said proud boys. So I walked mm-hmm. up to them. I said, are you guys proud boys? That's pretty cool. You're kind of always in the news. Uh, I'm not really sure how I should feel. Are you violent people? But they were really nice. The flyer, yes. He goes, hey, bro, before you leave here, I want to give you a flyer. So I took the flyer and it's like a promotional flyer for the Proud Boys. And it gives you a bunch of information about them and you know everything you'd want to know. And at the very top of the thing, it just says, we are not white supremacists. <laughs> nice. That's the most important thing they want to convey to you. They're definitely They're not. not. I mean, no. you look at the makeup of their, you know, the demographics. I mean, you've got a lot of Hispanic people. There's like a handful of Asians in there. It's like, how are these guys white supremacists? They are Western chauvinists. Right? That's what they call themselves. And I, the point is, yeah, they're proud of being, of, you know, Western. If any of them are watching this, I'm not trying to denigrate you at all. But my sense of the thing is that it's a bunch of boneheads, a bunch of young men, maybe a little it's bit too, too old. Big, it's too big but, to make that sort of a radical blanket i think claim about him i think there's all sorts i mean mckins is not a bonehead that dude is very smart the founder um, i know but the story but the story behind it was it was a joke and he wanted to punch yeah, people a in a joke. bar you know and and they like getting in fights and they're young men that want to get in fights and yeah maybe that's what we need i mean look at this uh society that we live in it's weak <laughs> it's okay the society that you live in i don't live in america there's <laughs> all this soy okay. boy shit you know i mean like no i'm not saying people need to go out and fight or something but i think that having a bit of aggression like that 1980s style machoism is fine you know but somehow it's been dumbed down it's like oh that's toxic masculinity even being masculine at all is a yeah. bad thing i mean you have men apologizing for things they never did i mean people yeah. accuse me of shit all the time i'm like and why aren't you apologizing you know i'm like why should i i didn't do it you know or i don't yeah. feel bad about it so Fuck you, you know. I and, mean, that's and the, my response. The Western chauvinist moniker is very obviously a troll in response yeah. to everybody sort of catastrophizing toxic masculinity. They, yeah. By the way, the guys that I met weren't particularly masculine. They were about as masculine as the three of us. Anyways, it wasn't like they yeah. were like super jacked. Ooh, that's and, too bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need more people who are jacked and also <laughs> But did they live in a villain mansion? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, none of them do. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> now, I don't know whether, where, whether the founder, I mean, he's rich as hell, right? Uh, I don't know whether he lives in a villain mansion. He probably does, you know, probably does. McKenzie, I just, about Gavin? Yeah. Gavin, yeah, I like Gavin, Gavin a lot. Yeah, I like they him. Took him off, they took him off the spot of, off Spotify when, uh, or not, I don't know if they took him off Spotify, but I don't think they transferred the Joe Rogan episodes where he was the guest. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they yeah. deleted that. Yeah, they, they were like, oh, it's a technical error. We just removed it. And, you know, I, I think Alex Jones was talking to Rebel News about this, you know, because they interviewed him about Joe Rogan, strangely enough. And they're <laughs> like, so what's the deal all the, uh, the Joe Rogan Spotify episodes? And, and uh, my understanding, I think, well, Alex Jones explained was that, uh, there, there are all these activist types working for Spotify who uh, took real personal issue with those particular episodes. And so they removed them and then they told Rogan's team, obviously didn't believe them. They yeah. said that, oh, it's a technical glitch that, you know, these episodes are somehow missing. It's taking eight months it. to fix. Yeah, taking eight, eight months to fix. And, you know, they, they tried banning him once. And none of this, you know, all this goes over the heads of the people actually making the, the calls, right? I mean, <laughs> the executives who signed the contracts, the technical department, none of these people are involved. I mean, they like Joe Rogan just fine. It's the, it's the activists who are in charge of moderation. They are the ones who have the issue with Joe Rogan and the, and these particular episodes because they want to dominate, you know, the, uh, the sphere, right? They want to dominate conversation. They can't allow wrong thinkers like Alex Jones or Gavin McInnes to have a voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how, you know, I experienced this a little bit um, in, other, in other organizations that I've been a part of where you have sort of the principles of the organization and then you have uh, the people who actually compose it, right? And when there is an overwhelming amount of consensus within any group, then the rules at a certain point become irrelevant. So for example, if in the United States there was like 90% consensus that um, the Second Amendment was a bad idea, you'd start seeing unconstitutional stuff pass like in legislation mm-hmm. and it would happen. Mm-hmm. And so you, it, it's, it's just, well, I think what we see with, with big tech and with the media is that we've got these hyper urban based businesses with very um, uh, homogenous demographics within them who have very similar political views, lifestyles. And we're seeing that play out in a way that is um, kind of just shining on the bias. Yeah. Yep. Speaking outside of the norm, right? Outside of the accepted, uh, like the Overton window, what they're saying is unacceptable. But, you know, in a way they're, I think they are moving the Overton window, which is a good thing. I mean, we should not be afraid to to do so, right? We're speaking, you know, I hate to use the term speaking truth to power, but that's exactly what people like us are doing, which is ironic given that, you know, the left is always, you know, claiming that they're speaking truth to power, that they are saying something that is politically unacceptable. They're the, the heroes, the martyrs, are saying all the brave things. And, you know, and, and we are just, you know, Mark, Mark Hamill tweeting that he's part of the resistance every day. Yeah. It's like, my guy, you're like a famous actor. What are you talking about? Are you part of the resistance when literally, you know, what, 30% of America agrees with you? Like, come on. You and Nike, you guys are the resistance. It's like, Luke, yeah. your dad was six months away from figuring out how to solve death. <laughs> We're doing this again, man. You ruined everything. <laughs> he was making mad progress. <laughs> wow. So, do you think that Disney ruined Star Wars? Yes. Kathleen Kennedy ruined Star Wars. Nikki? I, I don't have an opinion. I'm not, I'm not very invested in Star Wars. You don't like sci-fi? <laughs> no, I'm I'm very uh, biased about the sci-fi that I like. Yeah. What do you? What's, what's your favorite sci-fi? Besides don't Battlestar. Say... Yeah. 
Um, I mean, between between Star Wars and Star Trek, I like Star Trek better. That's smart for me sure. Too. Yeah, um, the writing's better. Yeah, I mean, and I honestly, yeah, I don't watch, I don't watch much sci-fi. I like sci-fi books. Um, What's your favorite like book? Ursula K. Le Guin and Heinlein and people like like Isaac Asimov. What? Ursi. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I read the canicles of uh, I read the canicles of Leibowitz this year. Have you guys ever read that book? No. I think I told you to read it. No, you didn't. I googled the greatest sci-fi novels of all time, and that was like on every list. Uh, Nah. I I don't know. Maybe I didn't. It it was like a big book. I I was in this. I was in a music theory class, and I was like placed in a, a too low of a class, so I would sit in the back of the room and read Game of Thrones every day. And the teacher uh, would scold me about it, but then she kind of got the gist that I was just, I was misplaced. I shouldn't have been in, been in that class. And so she came in with Canticle of Leibowitz and said, here, just read a better book because you're reading trash. And uh, so that's when I read it. And it's a, it's a, it's oh, a pretty wow. good book. No, nice. it's good, but it's a little dated in that um, it's very easy for a 21st century reader to know what the end is going to be. Whereas mm-hmm. when it came out, I think it was kind of groundbreaking. It was like a huge twist, you know? Yeah. Um, right. So mm-hmm. yeah, so, some of that sci-fi stuff, but I'm excited well, for the Dune movie to come out. I was so pissed off that um, HBO postponed it a year. That's kind of the know. case with a lot of books. Like, Isn't HBO reading... just awesome? Yeah. Aren't they doing a... No uh, comment. <laughs> yeah they make a lot of great fiction that's for sure oh yeah 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 yeah. they're well known for their fiction yeah that's for sure i mean the documentaries especially got a joke about it yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) but that is the case with a lot of books that you read in high school but they were written 20 years ago and they've become so much part of the zeitgeist that like when i read george orwell it wasn't particularly profound i was like duh but that's because every everything that he wrote had sort of seeped into the culture, and then by the time I read it, it, it sounded like old hat. Yeah. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. You see that's this my a lot. Thing I mean, the day. that's all I got. Like, I mean, I think that the two thousands were colored with a uh, uh, catcher in the rye. You know, when everybody was being all hipster and cool and apathetic and not giving a shit about anything. Yeah. Remember that, right? Everyone Everybody's was a like, phony, man. Except Everybody's me. Everybody's phony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone was doing that. It was like a thing, right? And and it even became like the subject of, of an anime, right? Ghost in the Shell standalone complex and a bit nerdy reference there. But, you know, that whole show, at least the first season, was all about Catcher and Rye, right? I mean, you had uh, uh, an apathetic society that was just giving into the surveillance state and allowing themselves to be manipulated by the media. I mean, that's the whole idea of the standalone complex is that everyone's manipulated by the media into acting and behaving in a certain way. I mean, like, if anything, I would say January 6th is an example of a standalone complex because it's like a whole bunch of different people uh, believing that they can come together and do something, can enact some sort of change, right? So Mm. it was very fascinating to actually see that happen in the real world where it's like, wow, it's just as, you know, as people described it. I mean, the well, anime. I think everyone yeah. from January 6th should have gotten on TV the day after and said we were just inspired by Black Lives Matter. And we owe everything we do. <laughs> I mean, they definitely were. We were. They definitely were, right? I mean, the, the, the media... We saw them doing it. We were... Right. Yeah, the yeah. media basically said, oh, there, there's going to be zero consequences to your actions, right? The police are not going to arrest you. You know, yeah. as long as you don't, like, take a gun and shoot somebody, no one's going to arrest you. You're going to be fine. Well, that was a lie, you know, because... The, the media is basically one-sided. Yeah, if you're on the left, you can absolutely loot, uh, sorry, liberate uh, 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 reparations from a Nike store, right? But you can't, you know, f- protest your government. How dare you? 
They should have they arrested it. like five hundred people, right? Yeah, and they're all in yeah. solitary. Have they pressed charge? Have they pressed charges yet? Yeah, they have. Yeah, there's a few. There's they, a few they put them on. They're all in solitary because they're of worried are, that they're going to be a, like abused by the other inmates, or are they worried about? Um, or are they just doing this like just they, extra? Because punishment? they're so-called white supremacists, so they don't care, right? They're not even charging some, some of them. They're just sitting in solitary, doing nothing, and that's why you know you have Vladimir Putin raising concerns about them, and it's kind of a shame that he. I mean, obviously he's playing games. Here. He's playing political games. Let's not make any sure. mistakes here. But it's sad that, you know, it takes someone like him or Xi Jinping to come out and say, oh, yeah, look at what you're doing to your people. You know, I mean, like, yeah. thanks, Biden. Why did you do this? You gave them ammunition. You know, you gave them a this, lot of ammunition to do this. I have this image of them down in solitary confinement. And uh, Nancy Pelosi goes down the steps every day and gives them each a magic quill. And they must write, <laughs> I must not tell lies over and over. And yeah. <laughs> cuts it into the back of their hands. <laughs> like like, like Harry Potter. Day. That's the Harry Potter, right? Yeah, that's the Harry Potter. Yeah, that's what it is. Oh, clever! Uh, <laughs> Read so, what if book. we, what if we, uh, yeah, what if we got, um, what if we got a bunch of, what if we got a bunch of patriots together, and we all put on uh, George Floyd T-shirts and uh, just broke him out of prison? Oh, it's God. like. Like, this is like this the, is the, the fat posting right now, and they say if he's if you're listening, he's not serious. It's a joke. No, no, of right. course I'm joking. I have a bleeding disorder. I'm not breaking anybody out of prison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they'll they'll take your fat posting jokes as a as a means to you know to shut you down. You know that's what they do, right? That's that's all about like Facebook saying that oh if you know any extremists, report them here. It's like thanks for becoming the Stasi Facebook. What what are you guys doing? Yeah. You know? I yeah. never got that notification, and I just came to the conclusion that it's because I'm the extremist. <laughs> Same. Yeah, I never actually got the notification. People but like, who follow me got that notification. I'm like, wait a second. Why are you guys getting it? We're all following the same pages here. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I, and people try to pin the whole January 6th thing, which, you know, I think it was embarrassing. I think it was, it was complicated. It was complicated. It's, you know, it wasn't just Trump supporters. There was, there were definitely some, anti- some in a small way, Antifa members involved or just agitators involved. And yeah. obviously yeah. with the Rebel News uh, reporting that, you know, the, we know that the FBI at least had agents that were involved. I don't know if they were instigators themselves, but they were certainly um, within Informants these groups. for sure. Yeah. yeah, and and but but people try to blame it on um, President Trump's like speech or his just rhetoric, and yeah, no. I think that they they missed the point. And I've said this before that the reason people didn't believe the results of the election is because the media lied so much about Trump the whole entire four years that mm-hmm. you know when the election results came in, nobody was going to believe them. Yeah, and, 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 and look at it now. I mean, you have Eric Adams running for mayor in New York City and, you know, they're doing a, an audit of his, uh, uh, of the election there because they feel like uh, you know, 135,000 ballots were injected into the election to vote against him. I mean, like, okay. Yeah. I mean, if they themselves are admitting that this is a thing that can happen. That would mean that at least, you know, at least some of Trump's claims, you know, or at least his concerns. Oh, no, you are couldn't have. Yeah, Ian, you couldn't ask for a better uh, example for this thing, because what they admitted was that it literally was human error. There was no flaw in the machine. There was no uh, malicious intent. It was human error. And that completely proves our point, which is this shit is so vulnerable that a dummy at his keyboard trying to edit the database could topple the whole thing. So if the the system is vulnerable to human error, both sides are going to do this every single election. That's the problem. 
That's the yeah, that's why we problem. have election integrity laws. That's why Arizona yeah. just passed their new election integrity law. And guess what? The Democrats opposed it, right? They, they had to go to the Supreme Court because the Democrats tried to shut it down. And the Supreme Court was like, no, this doesn't actually violate the 1964 Civil Rights Act. I mean, it's fine. It doesn't actually disenfranchise anyone. If anything, it strengthens uh, voting uh, rights, right? And, yeah. and it makes sure that your votes are secure and legitimate. And so why is it that the Democrats are so opposed to this? You would think that, you know, after Trump won in 2016, I mean, they were at the time, they were the ones asking for it. And now that they won in uh, 2020, they're claiming that it's, uh, you know, it's, it's undemocratic to even question the election. It's like, no, it's not. It's, one it's thing, literally every country on earth does it. You guys one did it for that, four years. Yeah. yeah. One thing that really um, I was disappointed in Trump in, though, was on election night at like 3 a.m., you know, his speech comes out and he's like, this is total bullshit. Basically, it's like, all right, it might be, but there's no way you know that yet. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And so like, yeah. I was just kind of like, come on. Like, he's just, you know, like he could have come out and he could have been like, listen, um, you know, we're, there, there are some very interesting things that happen with the vote count that we have questions about. Uh, we're not doubting any of the authenticity of the election integrity or any of the poll workers or anything like that, but we're definitely going to take measures to double check to make sure yeah, that do these it, uh, votes were accurate. He could have said something like that. And it would have been much do it in a way that's like reasonable, right? So that when anybody mm -hmm. goes against him, they look like the crazy people, right? It's all about the optics game, right? It's like he, you're, he could basically be saying the exact same thing, asking for the exact same things without going crazy, without going off the rails. And people be like, oh yeah, that seems like a reasonable request. I mean, he's not acting crazy. He's just like, Voicing but then, I, but also that that people expect him to be crazy. Like that. That's also yeah. why people love him and they get riled up and they feel impassioned. And and I think a lot of people support him because he says shit like that. So yeah, yeah. you know. And I think a lot of yeah, and, and some of the praise Trump gets about being a uh, like a hard hitter is actually just another way of saying that he gets out in front and fights a propaganda war before fighting an actual. Facts and logic. Yeah, he, he's war. definitely proactive. He's he's yeah. definitely just proactive all the okay, way. But, but that's a euphemism for fighting a propaganda. So what he saw that night mm -hmm. going down was I'm going to get out ahead of this and establish such yeah. a strong narrative that yeah. no, there's no way that they won't do an audit for me because I've got the narrative set in stone. I got so many people believe in this, and so he goes out and he fights this propaganda. His first instinct is I got to get public uh, sentiment on my side before we try and do any of the rational stuff, like talk about what actually went wrong, right? Mm -hmm. Now that, that's sort of his mo. And mm -hmm. that is probably my one of my least favorite characteristics about Donald Trump is that that instinct to go straight for the the um, winning over the public sentiment before trying to make a rational argument. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. what the Democrats do, though, and I think he knew that's how. I know you love it. Game. I think we don't see eye to eye on that, and we'll have to flesh it out sometime. But you want to do well, like is a it that you love it? Is it that you love it, Chase, or is it that you see that it's effective? It's effective. It's effective. I, I love it's it effective. sometimes, like a, on a on a, an emotional level. I love it, even though I don't agree with it. Right. Yeah. You know, in terms of my values and rationally. So, like emotionally, I thought it was very appealing the way that Trump behaved. Yeah. But you know, when I step back from right, what, you know, like and yeah. when I was when I was watching the insurrection stuff on, I don't like to call it an insurrection, but when I was watching it's the January sixth, yeah. right, when I was watching the January sixth stuff, despite the fact that I think it's embarrassing and it was wrong what happened and what they did, there was an emo a part of me emotionally that was like, fuck yeah. Pelosi's in lockdown for the first time during this whole pandemic. <laughs> you know, like there was a part yeah. of me that was riled yeah. up and excited yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. So, you know, it's not you can you can have sort of you can sort of land on both sides, but you you have to make you know decisions based on your mind, not your heart. Yeah, and, well, yeah, I, I just and think being I'm, able to have the self awareness to acknowledge that 
that you have certain feelings or, or something's compelling based on a, a visceral reaction, but also be able to make decisions and recognize that doesn't mean it's good, you know, but I right. think that's the issue yeah. with most of the country is people are just not self-aware and they're driven by their emotions. And then the second thing they're doing is trying to justify it with their intellect, you know, as opposed to having it them be separate mechanisms and mm -hmm. unrelated and using your intellect to be aware of your emotions. People are driven by their emotions and then yeah. making decisions and actions and then justifying it using so, the mind. So Nikki, do you think that in the last year since we've been locked down and we haven't had sports to kind of let out some of that tribalist impulse and get all emotional about something else that it's sort of been channeled into politics at, at a greater level? Maybe that's uh, not the I mean, yeah, that's that's an interesting theory. Not being someone who's not super into sports, it's it's not like I can't necessarily relate to that, but that makes sense to me. I'm seeing a lot of people get their emotional yayas out on tribalism expressed through politics yeah. when maybe some of that was displaced in the past. Maybe people went to movies and got their yayas out. Yeah, when and, they canceled golf, I resorted to crime. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> sort of, yeah, that's right. I like get your yayas out. I, I, don't, know. I don't know where that came from. Heard that, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, people He's are definitely <laughs> having to be creative to get to get their yayas out. I'm gonna come chase after this. I'll go. Oh my god! I said yayas in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> can't fucking believe it, bro. <laughs> of all the things. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah well. I mean, we definitely, um, uh, Nikki. I know, I know you've had some firsthand experience with that, with all this bullshit with um, Nexium and HBO. Like I saw it a little bit after our last interview with, um, like the comments and stuff that that um, come out where people are clearly reacting emotionally and like she's in a cult, you know, she, or she's so brainwashed. I can't believe it. It's like it's it's right. it's because the uh, the the emotional. Um, uh, manipulation of me of the media and documentaries is so strong that yeah. if 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 people in in it just doesn't really i don't think it has much to do with intelligence as much as it has to do with intention because i get caught up in it too for just various things i can tell right. that i'm be, like being influenced just by what i consume on a subconscious level and yeah. it, it, you have to consciously decide um in like a hyper aware state that you're going to rationally think through something before yeah. right so like it, it, during the pandemic uh for example you know i would get so frustrated um at like the panic among friends and family and i was like i'm like looking at the numbers i'm like this doesn't really add up it's like it's not like the spanish flu it's not you know but everyone's freaking out and all the toilet paper's gone it's like it's this emotional <laughs> response yeah. right yeah, yeah and, it's, it's kind of you know there's something adventurous feeling about it. Like we have yeah, to it's like the wasteland, you know, it's like <laughs> Mad Max. It's, it's post-apocalyptic yeah. right. movies yep. and zombie movies. Right. I mean, we've been yep. raised on the diet of zombie movies for like the yeah. past uh, 15 years or so. Right. So it's like, yeah. finally, my time has come. I can you turn put, put on my gas mask. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, everybody Dude, went out and bought a gas mask. Like a I, I, I rented contagion right away. I was getting into it. That's not my, me too. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, it yeah. Game, you know. Yeah, yeah. Game, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Down, so I'm like, you gotta watch Contagion. Yeah. I was like, holy shit! It's I've never seen habit. Contagion. It's a good oh, movie. You definitely watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good it was movie. a lot of fun in the beginning of the pandemic. I couldn't get anyone to watch it. I kept telling people, but they were they were scared to the point that they were like, "No, why would I ever watch something about 
You know? <laughs> they were like scaring themselves. I mean, they would watch the news, which is, of course, far worse than watching Contagion. At least Contagion gives you some hope. You know, it's like they're uh, like, so right? Contagion, I mean, Contagion, Contagion right. really spotted early on that what would happen would we, we'd have a lot of misinformation and people grifting yep. off the mis- misinformation. Yeah, it's that still was, going on. I, took still a fair amount on. of foresight. I thought that was insightful of them to, to predict that, yeah. that that's how it would play mm-hmm. out. Um, Jude, and then uh, Jude Law character. Yeah. Government, government overreach was another topic in it. You know, it, was, it really got got to the heart of it and it was also very interesting to watch all of these words from contagion instantly make their way into the into the public oh, yeah. lexicon everyone yeah, just yeah, immediately really? started saying oh, yeah like, everyone knows that are not is now right yeah. yeah yeah and that was yeah. contagion yeah was, they even explained it on the blackboard in the movie it was yeah. science what's are, they, are not what are you talking about are not was the reproductive rate for the virus yeah exactly so are not of one would be like the flu right so one person will definitely spread it to another one human being right so yeah. eventually one 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 but if it's above one then you know it's going to reproduce faster like the delta variant is way faster it's got a higher r naught than the regular one yeah yeah so early on in the pandemic one of the big stories was just what's the r naught of this virus we got to know because it's, it's either going to grow exponentially maybe it's going to grow linear, linearly and we'll stand a chance of flattening the curve and everyone was talking about r naught and i was like i already know what this is i watched contagion little did you know the scientists from the wuhan lab actually were producers investors on contagion it started that long ago so that they can could could control the narrative yeah that's right contagion (laughs) was a was a chinese uh psyop Right, right. Members of the board, yeah. we've hit a little bit of a lull in streams. What can yeah. we do? Yeah. <laughs> I heard you got that. I heard you got a lab. <laughs> Why don't you just leave the door open? <laughs> oh, yeah, another movie to watch is 12 Monkeys. That's a good one. I didn't see that one. No. Oh, you should see it. Yeah, it's it's a, it's the same thing. It's about a virus that just goes out of control and then kills a bunch of people. Yeah. And then Bruce Willis gets sent back in time to stop it from happening. And he encounters a, a very insane, uh, is it Brad Pitt? I think it's Brad Pitt, right? Is in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's definitely in World War Z, which is a zombie, but similar. Yeah. If the next, if the next pandemic turns everybody into a zombie, we'll know that the CPC, CCP is just recycling Hollywood movies. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> oh, he, I just looked up. They steal everything else. I just looked up Fauci Contagion <laughs> movie. Right? I just looked it up. And it's got an interview with Anthony Fauci from 2011 where he said, and I quote, it's one of the most accurate movies I have seen on infectious disease outbreaks of any type. Let's be careful here. There you go. Yeah, we won't go. Yeah, we're not crazy territory. We're not saying anything about Fauci. You know, he's he's a good man. Okay, but but it's very curious. Hell hell of a guy. Hell of a guy. Hell of a guy. Hell of a guy. guy. And he actually reviewed Contagion. That was that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Man, I like 20, 28 days later is my favorite in that ballpark. I think that yeah. it was just awesome. Yeah, but it's all these people being stupid, right? Like that movie irritated the shit out of me because it's like, guys. Just stay in the fucking zone. Like, why are you going outside? You know, like, what are you guys doing? Who are you angry at? The fictional characters or the writers of the movie? The writers, the writers. It's like, like, my God. And 28 (laughs) Days Later was actually a lot worse than 28 Days Later, right? Because 28 Days was, like, kind of understandable. It just happens, right? But 28 Weeks Later, it's like, oh, yeah, we got the shit under control. We got camp set up. You know, we basically terminated the virus. It's it's almost done, you know? And then some fucking kids go to a city to play and, like, yeah. What are you totally, doing? Totally Why? unrealistic. Did you see Zombie Land? Bill Murray yeah. is not gonna make it. Totally yeah. unrealistic. 
Yeah, unrealistic as well. But at least that's like a tongue-in-cheek movie. Tongue-in-cheek movie. Yeah, it's true. All these other movies, though, it's it's always like the character, you know, or the characters are doing something really, really stupid. Like all of the, you know, off-the-dead movies, right? It's always some guy doing something really dumb and getting everybody else killed. Like, yeah. why? Like, like the latest movie, the one that's on Netflix right now, the, the Zack Snyder one, which is, I mean, it's good. It's entertaining, right? It's fun. But it's like the daughter character. It's like, what the fuck is your problem? Why do you have to go rescue these immigrant women? Like, what is your issue? Stay inside. And she, I blame her for all their deaths. So basically, everybody again, dies because she can't stay the most in about place. the things he hates. That's true. <laughs> like, I don't wasn't there a mandated? Wasn't there a mandated lockdown? Are you sure? Are you there sure was. you weren't? Are you sure you weren't George Costanza in a previous life, Ian? <laughs> oh yeah, we live in a society. Okay, <laughs> serenity now. <society. laughs> <laughs> people. It's just. It's just the writers. It's like they know how to piss people off, and I think that's what pe- keeps people going because it creates yeah. drama right it creates tension. Yeah, yeah. but i mean if you're really smart if you're like a really good writer you're not going to create tension that way you're going to do it in a way that's organic in a way that doesn't require characters doing something really really stupid you just know? so on the nose and yeah like obvious. yeah it's like okay you, you guys are lazy you know like you're lazy yeah. you don't know how to get the characters in a tough situations so you just have one of them just fuck up it's like what are you doing why i wish, yeah. uh, I wish somebody talented would make a zombie movie that was from a single zombie's perspective the whole time so this zombie the whole time is just kind of like walking around and going into different rooms in the city or whatever. No, no, you could write it. You could write it like well. like looking for a date, like sing a single zombie going on <laughs> looking for speed dating is uh, uh, <laughs> on zombie Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> but like wouldn't it be cool if like it just sort of followed the like this zombie around and like throughout the movie the zombie would like would find a group of people and just say like, you could still make it thrilling if you were a good writer i could well, there's it, black but... summer which is pretty good it's on netflix it's uh two seasons now i think the new season just came out i don't know if you've seen it but the characters are nameless and they don't really have any dialogue but it, it's like a group of random survivors surviving in a zombie apocalypse and they don't really do anything stupid it's more like the situation is so rough and so difficult for them that you know they have to kind of do everything they can to survive and it's actually kind of compelling because they don't give these characters any sort of real you know like 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 they don't caricaturize them right they just make mm. them real people like oh this right. guy's a bus driver this guy's a teacher this guy is a, is a gym teacher this this one's a student a female student it's like you know it's just like very just regular people surviving and it's actually really really good compared to you know uh shit like z nation which is like oh man this is so campy it's garbage you know like, yeah those yeah. are definitely my ki- my favorite kinds of dystopian movies is you use the dystopia as a pretense to put the characters in an extreme situation. And then the, the movie's really about character development. It's a human yeah. story and not a zombie story. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I, I mean, a lot of people say this. I know I'm, I'm biased, but I think Battlestar succeeded in that way, too. Like, absolutely. It's, it happens yeah. to be sci-fi and it's in space, but it's really more about the characters. It's more of a drama. That's what I tell everyone mm-hmm. when I recommend yeah. it. Mm-hmm. First that episode of that, that series much. is so badass. The miniseries? Oh, the miniseries. The first episode yeah. in the series is, is amazing, right? Just They think he's about ready, Adama's about ready to retire. Mm-hmm. You know? The whole show is just about a guy trying to retire. Yeah. <laughs> 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 God damn it, I guess I'll do another mission. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> yeah. So can I ask you some, some like, uh, fan stuff about the show? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's, been, your... it's been a minute, so <laughs> yeah. Who's your Who's your favorite character? Would be my uh, first not your own character. Uh, yeah, definitely Guy's Baltar. Oh yeah, he was such yeah. a good actor. Yeah, people so good. 
Yeah, exactly. My he's dad good. hated him. I made my dad watch it, and he he was actually like so unlikable, right? Like, he's like that's he's what like I loved a, about him. Like a psychopath. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, and, I liked him a lot in the first. I actually, I actually related to him in the first two seasons. I liked yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's good. He's a, he's a good character. I mean, I but agree he's with like, that. and he was he's not like written like that. Like, if you read the script, um, mm-hmm. the original, like the miniseries script, uh, it did not read on the page that um, much of a character. Like James Callis, the actor, really brought brought that character to life in that way, and then the writers kind of fed off that. Um, but that's something that's something that, that I that puppy dog look that oh my god yeah <laughs> totally totally it's uh, like how every whipped guy looks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whatever you want babe whatever you want <laughs> totally. so that was okay. what was like irritating about him right it's like you know he comes off to other people as a strong do you believe in god Gaius? yeah yeah <laughs> but his machine yeah yeah and so then you might have just answered this question for me but which character was most unlike the actor that portrayed them uh that i would just be so surprised like oh that person's actually uh fill in the blank well uh apollo is is british oh mm. really so actually that makes a lot of sense he did pronounce words a little weird and I thought he had a kind of, yeah, just a little bit off. And I thought he had a speech thing. Mm-hmm. Um, well, fair enough. Um, I'm trying to think. Fake I don't think TV there's actors. anyone. Pro- sorry? I just, I just said fake ass TV actors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just teasing Nikki. Um, I don't know that anyone is like so different. I mean, Eddie almost really was a lot like his character. Like he would give us speeches you know, at, at Eddie, the lunch table Eddie? about like, Sorry. this is going to change your life. Yeah. 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 Okay. What about uh, the stash? Was the stash real in season three? Yeah. What's the stash? I forgot. He grew a mustache because time went by. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Shave I was going to shave mine before the show, but I was like kind of lazy. So I was like, nah. Fuck Did it. Apollo look- actually gain all that weight for the role? Uh, no, he, he had a fat suit. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I figured. Yeah, I actually got pregnant though. Just kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, faces were like, "What?" Uh, oh man. <laughs> Sex cold victim claims to be impregnated. <laughs> oh, man. That's yeah. like the only thing. The only what take. Yeah. You should investigate BSG now. You know, like what what else went out, went on in the set. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty scandalous. Uh no, yeah. not really. Okay, that, uh, that's all the questions I got there. That's all you got? Yeah. Well, everything's so. everything's been answered for you? Yeah. <laughs> so so Nikki, I don't know if you I don't know if you want to talk about it or not, so we don't have to, but I know that there's sort of some things in the works. Did you want to mention anything that's going on with any of the cases or um, any of that stuff? Uh so I I am endeavoring on a very interesting project that I'll be um, speaking more about soon, which is I'm partnering with someone who has been uh, kind of an arch nemesis throughout throughout this story to investigate the truth and investigate the due process and how the government handled it. Um, wow. So we, we're, we're putting our differences aside and we're investigating, you know, whether whether the government um, violated 
due process rights in being able to get these convictions. Now, obviously, I have my opinions from my firsthand experience and what I know to be true, but I also understand because there's so much prejudice and hate and misinformation that, you know, the most important thing is first to examine the process and then we can start to kind of uncover and unfold the truth. Um, so I'm very, I'm very excited about that. I think it'll be very interesting for people to follow along. There's just so, so much, uh, just misinformation. Like people have so many assumptions about what happened that aren't true. And it's sort of like playing whack-a-mole trying to be like, address all those things. And that's why I think the most important thing is, is to first examine the process. How did this happen? How do we get here? And hopefully in doing that and uncovering the ways in which the government can basically fabricate a narrative and put people in prison, we can prevent it from happening again. Like, I think people should care about this. People should care that the constitution goes out the window as soon as someone is hated and that the media can make anyone be hated. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait for that. Do you have a timeline? Very soon. So like potentially within the next week, I'll let you know as soon as I. That's really cool. I'm excited to see that. So are, 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 are you and this other party both open to completely changing your mind if you discover? Yes. That's an excellent question because that's an essential part of the agreement. Mm -hmm. um, we joke about we're both endeavoring to deprogram each other. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um you know i i feel very willing as i have been this whole time to accept information that might be uncomfortable or, or inconvenient and the reality is you know it would be so much easier for me like what i'm standing for and against uh right now makes me very unpopular um but to me, the truth is important. Uh, people's rights are important. And that's why I'm taking the stance that I am. If I'm wrong, I'll absolutely admit it. And the the thing that I think is different about my position is I, I haven't hurt anyone. Like if I'm wrong, you know, okay, <laughs> that was uh, embarrassing or, or that is not good or whatever. But I, I don't, I haven't put anyone in prison. I haven't sued anyone. I haven't defamed anyone. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't have a lot to lose. Um, mm -hmm. People on the yeah. other side, uh, you know, ha have a lot to lose. So that's why they're going to fight, like hell. Gonna fight like hell. They're going to fight like hell because they don't want to lose because they have a lot to lose and you have nothing to lose. Yeah. yeah. So. Wow. Well, I can't wait to see um, to see how that plays out. Um, such a crazy, crazy, wild story. Um, and you know, regardless of what the outcome is of like a, a, a Nexium specific investigation, um, it's unquestionable or un undeniable that we have some serious criminal justice problems in the United States in terms of who yeah. doesn't get prosecuted, who does yeah. get prosecuted, prosecutions that are used just to bully, even, you know, when district attorneys know that there's not any sort of uh, uh, potential for a favorable outcome for the prosecution, right? We see this, we're seeing, we're yeah. seeing a lot more political prosecutions and litigation than than uh traditionally and yeah. so you know yeah if, if along the way uh we can make some corrections to this and I, I don't know how but um 
th- that that's a huge a huge uh, win for well, everybody and, in America. And that's just it. Like um, in the conversations I've had with this other person, you know, at the end of the day, if if I were to find that Keith isn't the person I thought he was, I would still be doing all the same things I'm doing. Because again, if the process was corrupt, it matters. It doesn't yep. matter if the person is hated or, or is a bad person. I would stand like Cosby. by anyone's rights. Yeah, right. Exactly. Just yeah. like what happened with Cosby, where you know everybody knows that he's mm-hmm. everybody. Th- I think everybody has a good idea he's of what scum, he, that he's what he probably did, yeah. a scumbag. Yeah. yeah, and but you know you got to let him out if the prosecution was illegal and we forget illegal. in this country. We yep. And you have to, you can't set, allow that to be like you know to set a precedent where you allow prosecutorial misconduct to just go unanswered because that mm-hmm. would mean that they could get away with anything, right? Yep. You might as well just be living in a dictatorship where you know a guy just says, "Okay, I'm sending you to jail, no trial, no trial necessary." Or well, and that's that's the thing that I've learned about the justice system in this country that I really had no idea about. Like I I admittedly and and i'm kind of ashamed that i didn't do my due diligence to really understand the issues in this country because many demographics know how it works but we pride ourselves on having a justice system you know but we don't people literally as long as you can make someone hated you can convict them like and that can be in the media that can be in the courtroom Whatever it is, you know, and it's interesting. We were talking earlier about our emotional biases and being kind of swept away by our emotions, but having the self-awareness to recognize that's not reality. But we're just not living in a culture where people are educated and informed and able to separate those things. You know, the whole trial, Keith Ranieri's whole trial was just prejudice like most of the testimony had nothing to do with the charges it was just painting him like this evil guy mm-hmm. yeah, exactly right and you see it in civil suits too i mean you mm-hmm. look at the, if, you, if you go to the men's rights movement and you look at the uh <laughs> you look at you know the the um uh, custody rates between versus men and women and alimony rates and things like that that nature and it's just you see how the empathy for single mothers plays out in the judicial yeah. system, you know, and yeah. it's good to have empathy for <clears throat> for single mothers. But there's a lot of guys out there that, you know, probably should have more time with their kids, regardless totally. of the fact they got a divorce. Also, know? women only and, face like something like what two fifths of the time served compared to men. For yeah, lives. honestly, if yeah. if we if we don't reduce the amount of uh, unlawful incarceration, we should at least increase the amount of time that we're putting women in prison. Throw lock them up, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like equal lefts, equal rights, right? Yeah. Right. Well, I just think that the laws should apply to the people who enforce them as well. Because that's that's the thing. There's no accountability. Prosecutors, judges, law enforcement, like they can get away with pretty much anything. You know, it's Um, funny. They they want to get rid of uh, qualified immunity from police, right? Mm -hmm. With, you know, I wouldn't say good reason because their reasoning is, is very, really, you know, it's bad, right? Basically, they just want to accuse every cop of, of, of police brutality. But it's curious how no one's really brought that up with the prosecutors. It's like, why do they get qualified immunity? No. I mean, they can literally lie well, on stand, you know? And I, and I have a theory and I've spoken to people who've been, uh, I guess some people say criminal, criminal justice involved, like who, who've been to prison or still in prison. And I've asked them, like, would you be so afraid of police? Would you resist arrest 
if you thought to get if you thought you got would get a fair trial hmm. and mm -hmm. really like the issue isn't so much police it's that they know once they're arrested they're fucked yep really like yeah. they have no defense they're not going to get a lawyer who will invest the time necessary to even to understand their case let alone defend it um and and they're not going to get a fair trial if there's especially if there's a woman accusing them of something or you know they, have, they have a, lot of priors. a cooperating witness or yeah. you know some confession from someone else like they so, know they're screwed that doesn't get a lot of that doesn't get talked about a lot i think i hear a lot of um I'm thinking of someone like Coleman Hughes, who was talking about police brutality. He happens to be an African-American. Um, and he relates back, you know, yes, I've had racist incidents with the cops, but I was raised to say, I, I was raised to keep both hands on the wheel and say, yes, sir. And, you know, mm -hmm. and, and that would basically solve the problem. Um, but I haven't heard it articulated that a lot of people in those situations, actually, it's, their resistance could potentially be just due to their lack of faith in the criminal justice system. And that's yeah. a problem. Not the police. Society. Not the police. It's specifically society, the criminal right? justice system. Society exactly. tells them that whatever happens to them, they're fucked. So that's why some of them tend to run, even though they don't do anything wrong. You know, maybe they did something else. Like maybe they, they smoked pot or something. Right. And then they're right. thinking, oh, fuck, I'm fucked. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. You know, I'm going to get shot yeah. because the media tells me I'm going to get shot. So they will, you know, respond in a way that will cause them to get shot. Yeah, but but specifically, Nikki's saying it's not that they're. I mean, it's a. It, it's definitely a lie that you're you're guaranteed to get shot if you're black by the police. And there are ways to behave and conduct yourself and to not have that happen to you. But mm -hmm. what Nikki, I think you're saying is, but there aren't ways you can behave. The police aren't the problem. It's the criminal justice system that has yeah. them worried. Yeah, they got yeah. quotas to fill. Yeah, yeah. Well, for example, I I, uh, I have a friend, so I know a number of people who are in prison now, and and some of some who've gotten out and um one one of my friends he lives in the bronx he was being asked to come down to the precinct to talk to the detective and he had a bunch of charges thrown at him by a former friend now i know for a fact because i'm close with this person what the situation was about it's kind of a you know he said she said thing no one was hurt but the person got really angry and went to the police so but the detective was telling him like i know that her story doesn't add up. I just need you to come down and sign this paperwork so that I can have the paperwork done. Now, my friend has been incarcerated. He doesn't trust anyone in a uniform and he's, he's not like he's having a panic attack. He's making himself sick. He's so afraid. And he's like starting to get angry with, with the detective and defensive and start a fight. And I'm like, you can't do this. Like you have to just go at the same time. I feel like I'm trying to convince him to like go in front of the firing squad. Cause I don't know. I don't know if this detective is being honest. Sometimes they're not honest. He sounds like what he's saying makes sense, but here I am trying to convince him to go down and just to sign the paperwork, but he thinks he's going to get locked up and it's such a difficult situation, but I can see how someone who's just, his whole life has been, you know, abused by the system and by police, doesn't trust them. It ended up that he was able to go sign the paperwork and he was okay. Thank goodness. But like you. without yeah. the capacity to like handle emotions and evaluate what's really going on, he thought the whole world was out to get him that day. 
So yeah. it's it's tragic. It's tragic because they're not, you know, a lot of people don't have the support, the emotional kind of resources or, you know, the understanding of everything that's going on to navigate it in a way that's not going to get them in more trouble. Yeah. You need a lot of times, you know, when you're put in a difficult situation in a tough spot, you need someone else to evaluate the position for you. You need to totally. have them look into the situation and inform you of what you need to do because you cannot make these decisions on your own. You're, yeah. you know, you, you have this tunnel vision and all you're seeing yeah. is the firing squad. You're seeing yeah. the bad outcome, right? You're worried, mm -hmm. you're panicking. But the fact is, you know, let, let's say you're in a bad situation where someone is, uh, you know, made up lies about you. You, that's all you see. That's the only thing you hear because your brain is so focused on it. It's looking for patterns that it's ignoring the fact that, you know, 99% of people out there, either have they don't care or they've seen right. it and they don't care right they right. just don't know about it and just don't care and yeah. so you have to ask somebody someone you know that you trust obviously and have them evaluate that situation with you because yeah. they are able to navigate you because you know at that point it's like it's like that that movie that senator bullock movie where she's got a blindfold on and mm -hmm. she needs to have someone else lead her it's mm -hmm. like that right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so so nikki um you know, one of the things I'm really curious about in terms of um, our incarceration system is uh, people don't really talk about the abuse. Uh, mm -hmm. There's just, you know, there are rumors and jokes and stuff, mm -hmm. but and I did a little bit of research on this. I don't know if this is true or if you know anymore, if it's just off base, but um, the research that I did, um, the extent of it was Wikipedia pages, <laughs> was <laughs> that, was that, um, there's actually the majority of abuse that occurs within prisons is actually from is guard on prisoner, not prisoner on prisoner. Is that is that consistent with your experience in terms of speaking with um, those incarcerated? Um, so it's just not coming up. No, I mean, I, I definitely so depending on the type of prison, um, you know, if it's like a, a maximum or a camp uh, or a pretrial facility, the culture is very different and it's all run by politics. So, you know, there's, you know, people who are gang affiliated, people who associate because they've been charged with certain types of crimes. There's it, it's all political. There's all sorts of rules. Um, and so there's if you want to call them like abuses that happen when you break those rules or codes and and things like that. Um, in terms of guards, uh it's interesting. Like, I think there, there are guards who are good, good people. They're just doing a sure. job. They're underpaid. It's a hard job, especially, like I said, like you're dealing with sometimes with violent felons who have no respect for guards and they're constantly testing them. So that's, that's challenging. But then there are guards who really take uh, advantage of the fact that they have weapons and, you know, bulletproof vests and have this ultimate, ultimate, power and i think they're even there's a lot of there's a lot of corruption like all the cell phones all the drugs um all the contraband that gets in prisons yeah so think about since covid there's been no visitors and yet drugs cell phones contraband contraband has run rampant how does it get in there mm, you know there's yeah, yeah, it's all they all have a not all of them. A lot of them have a side hustle because they don't get paid very much. And it's very compelling. You know, you can you can sell a cell phone for a thousand dollars. Really? How do you get how do you how do you if you're a prisoner, how do you pay? How do you pay somebody off? 
you have family send you money and then you send it you give it to them or yeah like uh through cash app or um there's there's different i guess ways that they can move bitcoin for the win huh yeah (laughs) bitcoin yeah (laughs) but um but to answer your question i mean there's definitely yeah it just people take advantage um of their positions and and there's a culture around it you know there's definitely a culture around it um there's a book really interesting book called american prison and uh it's a, a journalist went undercover his name's Shane Bauer, I believe. He went undercover as a and became a CEO at a private prison in Louisiana. And he talks about the training and how the CEOs of this corporation, which private prisons are being kind of zoned out, at least in the criminal uh, world. But but he talks about how they treat it like a corporation, like you're part of this money making scheme essentially and they're very transparent about it and the training when you learn about how they're taught to deal with inmates and how to objectify them and not see them as people Mm -hmm. like they're Mm -hmm. they're taught deliberately to never if if they feel like they start treating them as a human being like that's when they need to like put on the brakes and you know not see them that way it's it's really the whole system the whole the whole thing. So, really so, so the first bad. half of your description of the criminal justice system, it's appeared to me as if fundamentally the problem wasn't systemic per se. It was more just a widespread lack of integrity. Um, and then the latter half, that last thing you just shared sounded like that might have been a systemic problem. And so I'm, I would, I what would do ask. What do you mean by systemic? I don't know. Well, you hear a lot about there's systemic problems. And we need So there's some law in the books or there's some um, perverse incentive where private prisons are incentivized to keep people in there longer. So I'm yeah. wondering, Nikki, in your eyes, where does it break down? How much of this is just humans, a, a fundamental lack of integrity on, on the part of a bunch of humans involved? And how mm-hmm. much of this is sort of codified into our laws and our systems and, and perverse and caused by perverse incentives? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, it's definitely a system, you know, like kind of when you look at, uh, other problems like you can't just change one thing like you you replace one thing in a car you know and then and then other things start to go so it's it's not just as simple as changing a law um i i think i don't think the issue is uh that we need to change laws really i think we need to change people i think we need to change the culture uh both in prosecutors offices um in in the way we view People who commit crimes, I think, you know, like most of the world thinks of criminals as these like bad people once. And once you're a felon, you have such a difficult time reintegrating into into society, mostly because of how you're viewed. Uh, And then within prisons, again, there's a culture. There's a culture that starts from the warden down, but it, it. it's systemic, I suppose, in the way that like there's a feedback loop. Inmates are treated a certain way, so then they treat guards a certain way, and it it sure. feeds off itself. Yeah. Um, so one of the talking points I will always hear is this: abolish the private prisons. Mm-hmm. How much effect would that have on it? Zero. Okay. I mean, I mean, the federal and state prisons are essentially private prisons. It's just the money goes to the government. Yeah. Well, I mean, the question yeah. would be like, like how would how is 
a question is how is, how is private prison hypothetically making the problem worse? And the only thing I could think of would be if you were able to like make a link between private prisons lobbying for uh, longer sentences for mm-hmm. crimes, for example. So like that would be like an example if that were happening of mm-hmm. private prisons. Not, that's sort not of, happening. You know, but it's you know not happening. They could, yeah, well, they could, right. they could be setting the inmates up for failure so that you could purposefully bring all the black nationalists and the white supremacists into the same room so that they'll fight so you can keep them longer. This yeah, is that kind of totally stuff. hypothetical, but you could see how they... No, no, but there are... So um, it, I, I know someone who was released last year and, uh, you know, he's on probation and there's all these rules and he was getting his life together he was going on job interviews he got a car he got a a place to live and he ended up violating um i to my to the best of my understanding it was some paperwork with his car that he didn't register when he was supposed to and he got in front of the judge and he he's still in a county jail he's been in a county jail for almost two months now and you know it's the same judge who's handled this case for years and years there's the same the same prosecutor in his words now obviously i'm only getting his side of the story but he doesn't have a lot of reason to lie to me like you know he i i find him pretty um honest you're going on you're going on one american podcast with chase geyser right here's my story right (laughs) (laughs) make sure you Um, say it like this yeah right exactly (laughs) um but he he told me that the that his um parole officer and the u.s marshals you know they I forget what the comment was specifically, but they basically view him as dollar signs. You know, like they they know that him being locked up. So he got an 18 month sentence uh, in federal prison for this violation that that's they get money for that. Absurd. Then he's going to be on probation again when he gets out for that. So he better not oh, yeah. screw up the paperwork. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's, that woman, she, uh, this is African American woman. She's like, what, 71 or something 70, recently? Yeah, I saw that article. Right? Oh, she, she was in a computer class learning how to better herself, you know, how to, to, to learn skills, like useful skills. And the uh, parole officer calls her up. And obviously, she's got her phone silenced because she's in class. And then because she didn't pick up, she's, he has an arrest warrant out on her. And now she's yeah. in jail. It's like, what the no, hell? It's so was, sick. That's fucked it's up. So sick. Completely yeah. fucked up. Wow. Well, I guess the only way we can fix it is to raise awareness and yeah. actually get people to support candidates that have the um, the muscle yeah. to do it. Yeah. yeah it's you know? it's not about abolishing the police, uh, abolishing the police, or abolishing the prisons either. I mean, the prisons yeah. themselves are not the problem. It's the system, the way it's mm-hmm. run, and that's the issue. It's the it's the it's the you know the the culture surrounding the, it yeah, it's, it's, it's the people and the and yeah. and what's incentivized you know like prosecutors are incentivized to win yep. um so i think i think i think there's a lot we can do you know we the people by bringing attention by sending messages to prosecutors and judges that they can't just sweep corruption they can't just under the rug they can't just cheat and get away with it. I think we need an arm of journalism that's dedicated solely to that because right now many journalists uh, don't want to burn bridges with their their government sources and things like that. Like I I found that a very difficult thing in trying to bring attention to the corruption in our case is like people don't, people don't want to say bad things about the the person in the DA's office that Mm -hmm. gives them leads. You know, one, one thing that could solve the problem in my mind is if we made it so that if you're a public defender and you win your case, you get a fat bonus. 
and we don't even have to change anything about the prosecution yeah. relationship. Mm-hmm. But what that would do would it would keep the DA from pressing charges uh, if they have less confidence in the case because mm-hmm. they know that it costs the state money paying fat bonuses to de- to public defenders. Yeah, you incentivize right? the you and the public defender busts ass. the public defender busts ass instead of just yeah. like push, you know shuffling papers around. Right. Like that could be let's, one thing. Like hey, listen, every case you win, you get a grand, or you right? get yeah, you get five grand every case you win. Yeah, you're yeah. solving a state state problem with a capitalist solution. Because look, we live right. in a capitalist society. Why not go all the way? I mean, this actually works. I mean, curiously, like in Singapore, uh, what they do is in order to accommodate for the fact that people are corrupt and and you know, like many people will take bribes, is they pay government salaries. Like if you work for the government, you get paid an insane amount of money. Yeah. Like we're talking mm-hmm. CEO salaries here. You know, so people mm-hmm. feel like, okay, if I do something, oh, I'm going to lose all this money, you know? So right. guess right. what? They're incorruptible because of that. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. Right. It works. And people, you know, you might get angry and be like, well, why are they getting paid like $500,000? I'm like, well, because they do their job. That's why. Right. And, and you attract the best and the brightest people that would have gone yep. into the private sector. Exactly. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not so sure yeah. about, about how, um, how that would play out in the United States because it's not like our politicians aren't making a lot of money on the side from that job. And that's on the, the issue, side right? only because they're not yeah. getting enough, though. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If you take yeah. that away, you take that no, out my... of the equation, then you know they might actually mm-hmm. be inclined to actually work for the yeah. people because they're getting paid by the people. Yeah. I don't well, think you I... should be able to trade stocks if you're if you hold off while you hold office. You should be able to have yep. your portfolio when you go in and hold it or mm-hmm. sell it, but not buy anything. And yeah. I think that would solve a lot of problems. I think it frozen. would solve a little bit, but I mean, of course, you could still make uh, decisions based on what you know you're holding. And, and yeah, but if, if you're going to invest massive amounts of money and mask manufacturing businesses, for example, and then yeah. make all these mandates with your yeah. leverage to for people to wear double masks, like stuff like that happens. Yeah. I don't know if that's it does a, a real example, but no, I yeah, think it'd be a it does happen in the right direction. Usually in the military, I mean, look at look at uh, uh, what's his face, uh, Dick Cheney, right? Dick Cheney's a hell of a character. Guy. Yeah, hell of a guy. Fauci. <laughs> Dick it's Cheney, like, it's like know, Santa like, and his little elf. Halliburton had, had a huge stock in Halliburton while, you know, starting a war in Iraq to, yeah. I mean, I won't say, you know, I'm not full on cynical. I'm not full on anti-neocon. I mean, I am anti-neocon, just not full on. I don't believe conspiracy theories, but, you know, you, you will admit, I mean, I think anyone can admit that he made a lot of money. He made a lot of bank there, you know, by having Halliburton drill for oil in Iraq. Now, obviously that didn't really work out very well for anyone because, you know, Iraq's a shit show. But, you know, the idea is that, you know, in, in, in during that period of time, he personally at least made money. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how we always, I wonder how I, um, the terrorists keep seeming to win in the Middle East when they don't have any nuclear weapons or F-15s. Yeah, but maybe you should use those things on them. They would think <laughs> twice, you know. Oh, God. Yeah, go full on school. Citizens sure. ignite. This is the thing. I mean, like, look at what we did. To, when I say we, I mean, look at what the Allies did to Japan, right? In in World War Two, yeah. you know, just completely leveled their cities. You know, to, uh, yeah, yeah. Tokyo got Mickey, as, a, as a vegetarian, how do you feel about all the animals that would in- inevitably be lost in the case of nuclear war? <laughs> Forget about the citizens. Yeah. yeah, right. No, I mean, I definitely would would care more about about the people. So I guess I'm not a true vegan. A true vegan. After yeah. all. Yeah. Speciesist, you know, as Peter Singer would say, or speciesist, you, you think human lives are more valuable than the, uh, the billion or so uh, uh, animals oh, that would lose their lives in, in the please, nuclear war. Ian, does, does Peter Singer really think that? Yeah, you wrote Animal Liberation. Have you read that book? No. It's about I mean, speciesism. I've heard yeah. some, of, some of his anti-natalist arguments. I heard one preposterous one about uh, post-birth abortions from him. Oh, God. Yeah, think. yeah, yeah. 
But no, he doesn't believe that. Speciesist? Uh, yeah, 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 that's that's the whole foundation of like militant veganism. Now, keep in mind, I I wasn't a militant vegan, but I did you know like try to experiment veganism for a while. I make it sound like it was a drug or something. You went through an experimental <laughs> phase in, uh, yeah, in college. Experimental, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a little bit of veganism, you know, dabbled in it, right? And, and uh, you know, read Peter Singer, Animal Liberation. I mean, mm-hmm. this is why, like, I used to be on the left, right? And people say, oh, you're just a grifter. It's like, no, I was actually on the left. So I read Peter Singer. I was a vegan. And, uh, you know, one of the things he's, he talks about is speciesism, right? It's like where you value human life over the lives of, you know, animals, right? And now he's not talking about insects because obviously if you, if you slap an insect, Insect, that's you know it's, no, it's survival. I would imagine right? it goes up with sentience, the moral concern. Yeah, sentience. Yeah, basically, like you know, dogs, cats, dolphins, elephants, that sort of thing. And so, you know, why is your life as a human worth more than you know one dog's life? You know, like. Well, I'm not sure I'm being rational about this, but I just listened to a podcast with Yeonmi Park, which was a she's a, the North Korean refugee. Yeah, she North was on Korea. Friedman, and she was talking about how much it breaks her heart that people will go up in arms if anybody abuses a dog. I mean, geez, Louise, you could start a GoFundMe and raise a quarter of a yeah. million yeah. dollars in, two, oh, in, yeah, 20, like pe- in 20 minutes. And she goes, right. there's people being literally starved yeah. to death in North Korea and nobody mm-hmm. does. And it no just, one cares. Yeah. Well, I mean, people in prison in this country, if, if their dog, if a dog was being yeah. treated the way people in prisons are treated, especially during COVID, John Wick. like you said, there would be a GoFundMe, there would be you know, a, a call to action. And um, no, it's, it's to me that that's not right. A lot of the that's reason the why. In China. Right. Yeah. In, in China, you know, like a lot of the people who live in the cities, they are opposed to the dog eating festival, right? The, the one that they do every year, the grilling festival. It's that's real important to them. And rightly so. Right? I mean, it's, it's disgusting because what they do to the dogs is evil, but these very same people who, you know, in China will protest about this. They will make a lot of noise on social media. They'll even take to the streets. None of them will say a single thing about, you know, what's happening in Xinjiang. They don't mm-hmm. care. Yeah. They're like, oh, I, I buy Xinjiang cotton. No big deal. You know, it's, it's cotton's mm-hmm. cotton. Who cares? You know, I, I don't know where it came from, whatever. You know, like that's, that seems to be how they are. Whereas, you know, they hear about the dog eating thing and suddenly like, everybody's offended by it. Because, you know, like, I mean, I, I understand it on a certain level. It's like it, there's like a visceral reaction. You love dogs. We grew up with dogs. Yeah. And, and they're like innocent. Well, so yeah, and they're, and, and they, yeah. they're like defenseless. I think I think yeah. for me, so much of it has to do with precisely that is what it does to our own humanity that we hurt and are violent towards a, a being that we can project into. You know, like we can look yeah. at a dog and be like, oh, he's happy because his mouth is <laughs> turned mm-hmm. up or you know like we can project a, an emotional you have a smiling dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> I have smile. my dog smiles totally. yeah my dog's awesome my yeah. dog's amazing yeah, yeah. so but, what what does it mean that we can you know do what we do to animals when we can project into them and what does that do to our own sense of humanity so for me it's it's the same kind of argument mm-hmm. i don't it's not that i value the life the same it's more like the the metaphor of it well that's a classic um uh indicator of a uh a sociopath or a psychopath rather um is that you know in their childhood did they hurt animals Mm, right yeah and and so there's a definitely a correlation between like the extent to which you have a conscience and your willingness to hurt animals yeah so yeah so yeah which is one of the things that i think is so funny about this uh the nexium thing nikki is 
Uh, not that anything's funny about it, but you're a vegan because you love animals so much yet, you know, you, you allegedly were involved in this, you know, human, uh, abusive sort of organization. It's like, you know, like, it doesn't add up. He would do that. It doesn't even, add up. Even like, though there's not a single accusation. But, yeah. like, but actually, no one has said does, a, I'm yeah, not claiming this is the case for you, Nikki, but it does add up. I've encountered so much anti-human sentiment coming from people that are particularly concerned about the environment right. and oh, yeah. animal rights. Ex- yeah. yeah, extinction right. rebellion, yeah. right? Yeah, but Nikki's actually concerned. Assault. She's not vir- she's not virtue right. signaling. Well, no, it's actually thing. It's yeah, like I I became like Ian was virtue signaling when he was when right. he was a vegan. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. 100%. No, and and it's true. I think I mentioned this Chase when I came on your podcast about that episode of um 30 days where uh like a a hunter from the Midwest went and lived with a a vegan family and and I found him far more humanitarian than this family because they were angry and they were like judging him whereas he was actually open-minded he changed some of his views and was very kind and like for me that that's what it's about I don't yeah I I think um you know compassion and and empathy and and humanitarianism is not about what you eat it's about how you are Mm. yeah and a good way to turn people against other people is to lie about them and claim they hurt small animals you know that's a that's a thing that people are actually doing to me, in fact. I was going to say, that sounds very yeah. specifically personal. You oh, know? yeah. I mean, like people, you know, they, they'll make up some lie about you that's completely difficult to disprove. You know, I mean, it's, it's possible to disprove, but it's difficult, right? And it wastes your time with it. And then they, you know, in the meantime, they stoke up emotions because, you know, people yeah. are like, oh, Ian hurt a small animal or something. And then they all, you know, they jump on that bandwagon, right? You it's got accused so of hurting a small animal? Oh yeah, like people. Yeah, like wow, this fun story, right? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you do to Fauci, and when did you meet him? <laughs> that damn rodent. No, it was Booty Judge actually. Booty Judge. Oh, yeah. Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, like people, you know, they they sling, sling accusations around. Not that they can even prove it or anything like that. And you know, they get some. They, they paint you in the worst light possible, and then you know, if you say anything about it, you draw attention to it. Even like by bringing it up right now, I'm sure some of them are watching this. You know, the haters. They're gonna be like, oh, see, look, he's admitting to it. I'm like, no, I'm not admitting to anything. Anything. I didn't do anything wrong, you know. It's like so a bunch of people made up this lie that I, I swatted someone and killed their dog. Like I somehow got the SWAT police. Like, oh, police I read that. I just yeah. assumed it was true and I didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I mean, I cared yeah. about the dog, but I was like, ah, you swatted somebody. That's fine if I actually had the ability to SWAT people, but you know that would require calling nine one one and and never actually done that. Co- definitely call the police on people for committing crimes, though. But you know, th- if you so the whole SWAT thing is that. just totally made up bullshit. Yeah, the, the swatting part is all complete nonsense. Yeah, it's like two different stories <laughs> into one, right? Yeah, yeah. Like as soon as this guy, he doxes people. He's like a he he doxes all these journalists. You know, like he's going left and right doxing people, like like it's his fucking hobby or something, right? So now. He gets his come up and somebody has his docs, sends it to me. I pass it along to somebody else. And then a whole bunch of people find out about it because, you know, leaky pipes, right? Somebody leaked it that I had it somehow. And so a bunch of people confront me on some stupid podcast. Uh, and then they're like, oh, Andy, you have the docs. I'm like, yeah, I did. You know, and then the dude who I apparently had his docs, right? shows up and he's like don't you know doxing people's dangerous? You know, like a, like for instance, you know, and then he comes up with this weird story about how, 
uh, like he had a dog. It was a, like a golden retriever, and it, you know, it even like gives it a name. I actually don't remember if he gave it a name, but he claims that you know, in in a hypothetical situation, if somebody got docked, somebody could potentially swat them. And then you know, like, are, are you going to pay for the dog, Ian? You know, like I'm he sorry, asked what is that. It? What's a sw- what's swatting so mean? Swatting is like when you call the police on oh. somebody, uh, and it's like a false alarm thing. You know, like you, you say, you like, claim- hey, this person says they have a bomb in their house, so that yeah, 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 SWAT yeah. Team they break into their house. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and people have gotten you know injured over this is this happened quite a bit with like on twitch right uh in right. fact the new york times has this huge article about the serial swatter and he what he would do he was uh would often call the swat team to like uh, streamers that he didn't like or who pissed them right. off in some way and the first time cool. it happened it was hilarious but then it like kept happening and it's like wait guys we gotta stop like yeah right. you see and the guy then... streaming and it's like this kid and he's like saying all these like bad words and he's being just a snot and all of a sudden it's like get on the ground <laughs> like he screams yeah. you know you see yeah, it on the yeah. webcam right don't you go to jail for doing that? Yeah, yes. one guy is in yeah. jail for that because he, oh, okay. act, you know, he got a dude killed over some weird. But uh, did he? Stat, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, that, with, he, with our with our justice system. Yeah, no, he did. never know. He, did. he, actually, really he was know. a stupid. He admitted it on on like uh, he admitted it in an interview. He actually admitted wow. to swatting this guy. He was like, "Oh, the police never going to get me." Yeah. But everybody knew who he was. Like they people had doxed him. So, you know, like the whole idea is doxing. Well, it's publicly available information, whatever. Anyway, this guy makes up this weird story about the dog. And like, you know, he keeps telling me to apologize for it. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm sorry for your dog. Ha ha ha. You know, I mean, it's like such a ludicrous story. Oh, so you had a false confession? A false confession, yeah. And then now, obviously, everybody listening to the stream, they know it's a fucking joke, right? Because it's right. they were there for it. But then, you know, it, it gets spread through like Chinese, a game of Chinese telephone. And now everybody, like, whether, you know, if they're like Antifa or if they're like on the, uh, you know, I would, I won't say they're on the right, like the, the fringe communities on the internet and they don't like me or something, you know, like the, like the comics get community. Some of them don't like me because they, they know a guy who knows a guy who knows Ian, you know, it's like they're all repeating this weird story about how I, how I, you know, dock somebody and then I swatted their house and I, I killed a dog. It's like, you know, you guys just like, you're, you're fucking re- stupid. You're retarded. You know, like, I'm just going to say it. You're fucking retarded if you believe that. Because you can look into the evidence yourself and you'll see that you put out a video guess, of the swatting. I'm retarded. I believe yeah. it until today. Yeah. I've like, I'm watching, several I'm months. watching a video. I'm trying to debunk it, right? And it's like <sighs> literally a video of uh, uh, a police raiding some drug den in like 2015, which is like years way yeah. before this guy claimed That's this thing happened. Years right? before you had a drug den. I, I didn't look into it. Because yeah, most bad <laughs> yeah. press, I just kind of, I just go, uh-huh, forget yeah, it. That's yeah, that's how I am yeah. too. Like, I mean, like if I read something bad about, you know, any one of you, like Nikki, for example, I've read a lot of bad things about you before even talking to you. But, you know, in my personal interactions with you, it's like, oh, none of this even adds up. So even if it's true, it's like, who gives a fuck? You know, mm-hmm. that's how I treat people. Like, it yeah. doesn't bother me one bit. And But some people, you know, they are so, you know, they have all these emotions and they're, they're just ready to pass judgment because they want to think they're better than you somehow. Mm-hmm. So they'll, they'll read somebody saying something bad about you. You know, yeah. maybe, maybe they're a fan of that person or they trust that person or, you know, whatever reason. Like, it, it's a weird parasocial relationship that a lot of people have with influencers, whether it's YouTubers mm-hmm. and Twitch streamers. Well, it, it, it's a weird Machiavellian thing, too, because people feel like it's okay to lie or do the wrong thing yep. if the ultimate end is good, right? And I think we see this in our justice system, too, yeah, where, exactly. you know, yeah. Police are yeah. convinced they're convinced this guy did it, but they don't yeah. have enough evidence to press charges, mm-hmm. so they like put fake evidence, you know. And yeah. Yeah. they have good right. intentions, but and it's yeah, like they, don't they fucking do that. I'm talking exactly. to a, 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 a writer right now, and he is facing false accusations of rape. Right? I won't mention his name. I don't think he wants it to be public just yet. He's actually taking this so to court. Single, single white dude. 
It's a single white dude. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, this guy, you know, face, is facing false false accusations of rape that 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 showed up, you know, from when he was like famous. He he basically got canceled by the press, by the media, you know, and nobody really asked him any questions. They just sort of ran with that rape story, which mm-hmm. you know is is not provable. It's not real. It's not a real story. Uh, and 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 a lot of people, you know, after that initial accusation came out, which you know is outlandish as it is, and he can totally disprove that. He has a chat logs and and all the documents to prove that this person's lying about him. Uh, a bunch of other people who doesn't even know or like maybe met in passing started making their own stories up. They're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, when when I actually when I was friends with him, and you guys didn't even see this, but yeah. like this guy actually yeah. groped me. It's like. Yeah. When did this even happen? Like, I mean, they just, they, they want to pile on. And, you know, I've heard of a few stories like this where sometimes mm-hmm. like a legitimate, you know, uh, a legitimate abuser, like an actual rapist in college or something. It's actually happened to a friend of mine many, many years ago. So, you know, somebody raped her and a group of other girls in college, you know, like not at the same time, obviously, but sequentially. And then another girl comes up and, and makes up the false accusation about this mm-hmm. guy because she wants to join in right on, right. on the dog pile. And so when when it went to when when it went to court, all that they had to do, all the uh, the defense attorney had to do was disprove her one story, and the whole thing yeah. just fell apart. Yeah. So yeah. the thing that's, never went to court. That's yeah. the problem with with so many people. Like first of all, victimhood being a currency that has incredible value in our society right now. That it incentivizes people to claim victimhood, and it it hurts real victims. It, it hurts people who have actually been abused, who've actually been, you know, raped or, or had crimes committed against them. Because I know even like I, I try to be very critical and, and um, you know, analyze things not emotionally, but I have a tendency to disbelieve because Me of too. my personal experience. You know, when there's an accusation yeah. of, towards someone, I, I have a tendency to you know, not think it's, it's credible. And I watch myself because I think, you know, abuse is a problem and it's people who are um, abusing power or, or, you know, doing committing crimes most certainly should be held accountable, but it's just, we've created this really inverted paradigm um, where the, Mm -hmm. like, I think abuses of power that especially, you know, women, are doing against men are, are terrible. Like it, it's a silver bullet. You accuse a man of rape. It's over. Yeah. You got him. We, I think that maybe our, our defamation laws are kind of lagging behind the times. It just well, wasn't freedom the case. Of press. Yeah. It, it just wasn't the case that you could get tried in the court of public opinion in the same way that you can. Yeah, now. New York yeah, times on, versus on social media, just new, the social media mob and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can really unleash hell on a, on just an yeah. innocent civilian with yeah. some t- tweet shit and we don't mm-hmm. have a legal framework around it. Not, I'm not saying that we necessarily sh- we should and I'm not, I'm we do. certainly not we do, we do need to abolish New York Times v. Sullivan, uh, you know, in 1964 they, they basically, they want a case saying that they can defame you as much as they want as long as they don't do it knowingly. So the media does that and ever since yeah. then, you know, I'm not, it's talking a- about, I'm not even talking about the media, I'm talking about this phenomena of the 
the court of public opinion and the and the online well, mob. Well, that, that's that's exactly and, what happens though, because yeah. like you know there are no sorry for interrupting, but there there are like no legal ramifications to lying about someone. So what yeah. happens is the media, the rather the mob, the social media yeah. goes after somebody like say Ellie Kemper, right? That actress who was accused of being like mm -hmm. a KKK member. Yeah. And and everybody in the media, yeah. well, maybe not everybody, but like a large amount of sites. You know, you had uh, I think uh, what Daily Beast or something, and all these other different websites. Right, they were writing about how she's like a KKK princess, not based on any evidence at all, but based on the tweets. Someone said she is, so therefore she is. It's like they didn't even bother to do any of their due diligence. I mean, yeah. it 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 took uh you know a number of like larger publications with more you know uh prestigious standing to basically clear her name, but even then it was <coughs> kind of too, kind of too, too late for her. So, so Ian, do you remember you. remember in, in the we last election? Vodka. Do you remember that story coming out of California that the Republicans were ballot harvesting in Southern California? And they had that one guy, a picture of a guy who was out at a ballot box and it really looked like he was taking stolen ballots. And, and Jimmy Kimmel actually ran the story. Yeah, um, I remember that. It was a lie. We should be a truth. Um, we should. Well, I had dinner with him the other night. Chase, I want to I want to get him on your podcast because he would just be the most fascinating person. He's Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy Kimmel. Um, he's he's it's a fascinating story. He had it, it was a total Nick Sandman. The media ran with this thing. They completely yep. defamed him. And he's going after a few of the people. And I'm not going to talk about any of that. But Jimmy Kimmel is protected hmm. because he, he's a comedian. Yeah, but, but oh, arguably wow. Jimmy Kimmel did more damage than any yeah, of did. the media outlets because nobody read the OC register. Right. right. What they yeah. watched was Jimmy Kimmel saying we should you know stuff this kid. He was, he's young. He's, he's my age, a little younger than me. We should stuff him in a mailbox. He's, he he just he belongs in jail. Yeah, it was it was wow. terrible. Jimmy Kimmel completely it, defamed him, and yeah. Yeah. and the, and the worst part is one, Jimmy Kimmel's immune from it, and two, California's anti-slap laws are so corrupt that yep. he's worried if I go try and sue these people. Look, every single person in in the justice system in California is a Democrat. He's going to sue them as a Republican. Mm -hmm. so he tries to go after this. Lose. They're going to hit him with anti-slap laws, and he's mm -hmm. going to wind up having to pay their lawyers' fees, and he doesn't have enough money for that. So he's just, yeah. you know, he's screwed. Oh, yeah. Like um, a few years ago when, when Twitter was banning people, you know, I mean, Twitter was defaming people and then banning them for violating some nonsense rules. I, I know the, of a, the a, you a, suck by policy. Yeah, the you, you suck, suck yeah, by. You, you suck by policy, yeah. <laughs> a bunch of people, a bunch of conservatives actually got together with, a, you know, with serious lawyers to try to sue, to look into suing uh, uh, Twitter, right? And the lawyers did it for free because, you know, good for them. Uh, they wanted to offer the services. And so they looked into it. They did a bunch of research and they found that it would basically be impossible to sue uh, Twitter because of the uh, uh, anti-slap laws in California. Yeah, the anti-slap laws, the, the problem, there's nothing but there, wrong there, there's, a, there's a good intention, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, that. there's nothing wrong with anti-slap laws. Oh, yeah. Anti-slap laws are a good idea. Part. They yeah. work great until your entire Justice Department is Democrats. Yep. And then you're fucked. And then, and then, fucked, yeah. and then, then you can't do time. anything, right? Yeah. That's the problem. I guess we lost Nikki. We got boring. But, no, I think um, she got a, I think she got a call. She'll be right back. She just messaged me. It's just not the same without her, though. No. I know. Yeah. No, it's a fucking sausage fest. Hey, good. <laughs> <laughs> there's the there's the gamer gate in you right there. There's yeah. The gamer yeah. yeah, I just suppress all of that. You know, like uh back in back in the day when I was on the left, right? Uh I had to watch what I said. I couldn't say the words like retard because that gets you canceled. Like, oh my god, that's such an ableist term, you know. Why are you saying why are you calling people retards? Don't you know that some people are just born at deficiencies? I'm like, well, maybe God hates them. I don't know. 
You know, you know what, I had nobody, a person. Nobody calls. I, nobody calls. No mentally one actually calls mentally people deficient re- people that. Right. Yeah, I know. People call like it's like the South Park ver- variation of it, right? It's like you're calling somebody a retard because they're acting like a retard. It's it's like its own thing, and, and somehow you know they've taken a playground insult because that's exactly what it is. It's a playground insult, just like anything else. And saying, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's problematic. You can't say that." And you know, it, it occurs to me. I got a thesis. It just it just formed in my brain right now. Right? It basically okay. goes like this. These people were bullied too much as kids, and so they can't take it, right? They couldn't take it, and now they're taking not their enough. revenge. No, they weren't bullied enough. They bu- weren't bullied enough, exactly. Bring back bullying. Yeah. Make, make bullying great again, right? That, right? that should be Donald Trump's new slogan. But, make but bullying listen. great again, 2022. So they got really mad about that, and now they have power. So they're like, oh, I'm going to get back at my school of ground bullies. I'm going to cancel them for calling me a retard. Yeah. That's, that's where we are, yeah. We go a little bit overboard with the policing of speech, but if there were ever a group that was – actually defenseless and really should have us you know stand yeah. up for them it would be the mentally disabled community i have much less problem look i think 2021 we just had an entire month full of gay crap they can fend for themselves i know a ton of <laughs> awesome gay people that are very funny and yeah. ruthless and can tim dylan right tim yeah dylan can stand up tim for great. he does not need to be protected from me saying the word fag right yeah but it doesn't the one the one word retard actually i had a, i was in college and i said it in a college class, and a girl's brother was mentally handicapped, and she and it well, made well, her. She, very, she was offended on his behalf. Is that what happened? She, she was offended on his behalf, but not in a woke no. way. She was emotionally distraught in a, in an earnest way. And so, what did she say I, to you? What did she, she say? She just said, "Please don't curious. say that." You know, he he can't. You know, he can't think right, and you know, it's but just not nice. He, and you shouldn't not even be the referring to joke. him, right? I'm assuming get, you weren't referring to him. I get it. My point is, that if if there ever were a group to be politically correct towards. It would be the mentally Wait, handicapped. Excuse me. Um, I would really appreciate it if you wouldn't make fun. Of Don't be such a retard, people. Chase. My, I, voted for Joe, I, I voted for Joe Biden, and it's really close to home. So <laughs> I'm offended on, on behalf of Joe Biden. I would I would on behalf of anybody, all I'm, Joe I'm, Biden supporters. You know, like yeah. the funny way to get back at any lib, right? Any libtard. Oh, there's another word there. You know, it, it's uh, when they when they try to point something like, two like words you combined. voted for Joe Biden. You voted for Joe Biden. Shut the hell up. You know, like that is all you need to say. It shuts them down. Yeah, but oh that God. doesn't really work because nobody voted for him. Ah! Oh, there you go. <laughs> Got him. Got him. <laughs> Uh, well, now that we've solved all the world's problems, this is probably a good ending point for us to say goodbye to each other until another time. Mm-hmm. All right. Now it's time to say goodbye. Sorry. <laughs> 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 all right. Sing it for us, Nikki. <laughs> yeah, no. that, that's all I remember. But uh, this has been great. Thanks for bringing us together, Chase. Super yeah, fun. Thank great. you guys for agreeing to spend a couple hours of your time on a Monday night with me. I appreciate it. It's uh, really um an honor to have you guys as friends and I feel so grateful and fortunate uh, hashtag blessed to have you all right guys take care all right good night bye